Welcome back to the Monster Rabbit Podcast, the show dedicated to discussing all things Volkswagen Mark 1s. It's a brand new week, and actually, at the time of releasing this episode, it is the week of Mark 1 madness. Hopefully, you guys are either there already or you're listening to this on the way to Mark 1 madness. So, hope you're doing well. Good luck. Have a great road trip and have a great weekend. And uh, oh, I'm so fucking jealous. But one day, trust me, I'm going to be there. Hopefully, it'll be next year in 2023. I'll be there with bells on. Uh, but no, hey, it's another week, like I said, and uh, we got a brand new podcast for you. Another guest on the show, a new guest, Mr. Ethan Mueller. And uh, he's here. He's going he's gonna to tell his story. He's got some really fun stories for you guys. Uh, hopefully, it's going to keep you company uh, whilst you're on your drive to Mark 1 Madness. Uh, I can't wait for you to listen to this. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you are a Mark 1 enthusiast, I'm sure you can relate to some of the things that get brought up on the show. Now, we get a bunch of messages all the time, so thank you, thank you, thank you. If you did want to submit a question for my guests on the podcast, just please go to the Instagram, at the Monster Rabbit and pay attention to the stories, because that is where I announce you know, where when each guest is actually going to come on the show and that will be your opportunity to submit a question. I get It's really weird. Some people listen to the show and they say, how do I submit a question? Well, go to the Instagram, find the stories and submit. You find the box. I'll put it up and I'll say, hey, this person's coming on the podcast and there you will see a box where you can type in your question. Very, very simple. And uh, I appreciate everybody who does take the time out to submit a question for my guest anyway enjoy the show and uh hey have a great time at madness how's it going good man how you doing i'm blessed to be alive my friend did i (laughs) did i get that right muller is that pronounced muller it's Mueller. it's german ah so i've been getting it wrong all these every time you sent in a question for any other guests I've been getting it wrong. Cause I and I'm it cool was... enough to never correct anybody because it happens <laughs> all the time. I thought it was pronounced like Muller Light Beer, but it's not. <laughs> it's Mueller. No, That's... I guess in German, Mueller, but I guess the American pronunciation is Mueller. Mueller. I, from, now, from now henceforth, I'll be pronouncing it Ethan Mueller. <laughs> all right it works for me man <laughs> we uh i'm glad we cleared that up man how are you i'm doing pretty well how are you dan i am blessed man like it's obviously later on in the day it's like 9 p.m right now for me obviously there's a time difference everybody knows that already but dude i'm keen to get on this podcast with you i'm keen to hear some more volkswagen stories um this is our first sort of like encounter uh on the podcast so welcome hope you hope you feel at home um and uh yeah i'm just so amped i'm so amped how are you yeah man, i'm are pretty you, excited for this have you ever done a podcast before uh no never but i'm assuming you've heard a couple episodes of 
the Monster Rabbit podcast. I'm sure. Oh you... yeah, I'm caught up. I've listened to every episode. Oh Jesus! Wow. Okay. So you know how <laughs> the structure is. You know, sort of like what to expect, and you know, I mean, there's no hidden questions or anything like that. <laughs> there's no. Yeah. You're not here to be made a fool of, basically. You know, it's pretty. It's just two guys chatting shit, really. Yeah, I, I love. I love the way this podcast works and the vibe it's got going on. It's perfect. Oh, mad. Awesome, man. That's good to hear. But where where are you calling from? Just so that everybody knows. Uh, I'm from Northeast Connecticut in New England. I'm 10 minutes from Rhode Island border and like 25 from Massachusetts. Ah, the city of Massachusetts, the city. I love that, man. That's awesome. Dude, welcome aboard. Um, Where to begin? Jeez. Okay, so for everybody listening right now, uh, I will leave Ethan's uh, Instagram in the show notes below. I assume you're going to go in there and give him a follow, send him some love. And I'm sure as well that after this podcast, when this podcast is live, I'll put like an Instagram post up um, on my Instagram at the Monster Rabbit. And I'll hopefully after the show, you can send me a bunch of photos of things that you've referenced so that it better tells the story. That makes sense. So sure, people, yeah. People can flick through like a carousel and be like, "Oh yeah, there's that thing that he was talking about." Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, wow. So what? Where are we? It's July. It's July now, 2022. And yes, when sir. is mad madness? You must be going to madness, surely. Yep. So today is July 2nd, and madness is July 15th. So I've got 13 days. <laughs> wow. Because I've seen that everybody's been posting like, oh, hashtag madness prep and all this is what what goes into, you know, what simply goes into prepping for madness other than getting your camping gear and your cooler and, you know, all the rest of it. What else goes into it? So for a normal person, madness prep, I'd imagine, is, you know, looking over the car that you've already built and making sure, oh, my tires have air and my fluids are good and Maybe throwing a, a new little part you got on or something or yeah. adjusting your fitment. Well, you know, whatever you got to do to your nice car that you've taken care of and is in good shape. For me, yesterday, Madness Prep was uh, cutting my brake lines, dropping my rear beam, and uh, attempting to fix a humongous hole in my rear frame rail right where my rear beam mounts. Um, as well as I'm going to try to swap a dash in. I have to mess with my suspension. I'm going to try to make my radiator fan work that's never worked in the six years I've had the car. Um, it's, it works. It just doesn't trigger on its own. It's just always plugged into the battery. So yeah. every time I drive the car, I pop the hood. I plug the fan in, shut the hood, get to my destination, pop the hood, unplug the fan, shut the hood, break the grill, get pissed off, <laughs> push the bumper back in that's tucked, but not really. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, did you, did uh, Clint, uh, you said yesterday, I swear we talked yesterday, you said Clint was going to make the rounds. Yeah, he uh, he didn't end up coming through. Um, he ah. was working on that white F-350 that he got, uh, doing all sorts of stuff to try to make that super shitty old truck he got in the woods uh, survive a 20-hour drive to Florida. So, um, so I think he left Massachusetts super late last night. He drove uh, to uh, Billy Applegate's. Yeah, I saw this that. Morning. And yeah, Clint was sleeping in the bed of his truck in the middle of the street. <laughs> that is <laughs> That's so how he does. typical of Clint. <laughs> He's a fun. He drove from Massachusetts to New Jersey. Yep. So that's is about, that... uh, I got to say, probably five, six hours. 
Okay, that's not too bad. I thought Three, that was like, going... yeah, I thought that was like missions, but uh, I guess not. But he, Billy woke up and went out and saw Clint just sleeping in the truck bed. That's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> just him laying there in a sleeping bag. Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, today is your episode, my man, and I, I hope you you can bring some stories to the table. I'd love to learn a bit more about you, uh, and I'm sure everybody listening would as well. And uh, yeah, I just I'm so keen. I'm also keen to know where this all started for you. And uh, you know, as you know, this is all about people coming on and telling their story. But where does your story begin, um, really? All right. Well. Um... Honestly, I got into Volkswagens kind of by accident. Um, I remember being into cars as a kid. Uh, I was super into Dodges. I, I liked the Charger and the Challenger, and I thought they were so cool. And I was into American cars. Mm. And uh, my dad has always had Jeep CJ7s. Like, since he was 20 years old, he's always driven a CJ7. He's probably had, I don't know, five, six, ten. I don't know. Um, mm. So I was raised on Jeeps, and I loved Dodges. So... 15 years old, you know, I'm starting to think about getting my first car. And I saw a 73 Dodge Dart on the side of the road across the street from my girlfriend's house. And it was gold with a gold vinyl top and a gold interior. And it was so ugly. And it was a (laughs) six cylinder. It had American racing wheels. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I called my dad. I'm like, dad, like, I've been saving up working summers. Uh, He owned a, uh, like a pet supply kind of store. Uh, so I'd work somewhere for him. I did concrete for a little bit. I was saving up all my money and like, I found the coolest car ever. So, uh, so he came down to look at it and his first car was a 75 Plymouth Valiant, same color, looked almost the same. Um, so a Plymouth Valiant and a Dodge Dart are pretty much the same car. Um, mm. so he looked at, it, he's like, man, this is cool. It reminds me of my first car, but they wanted like 8,000 bucks for it or something. And it, in our eyes, it was worth like five and you know, I couldn't put together eight grand. So, um, I was in a band at the time uh, in high school, and he's like, why don't you get a van? Like, no one ever has a band van. You don't want to be driving around to shows in a Civic with a, you know, Marshall half stack in the back, in the back seat. <laughs> so, uh, so he's like, you know what are really cool vans? They're Volkswagens. And I'm like, no, they're not, actually. <laughs> so, so he kind of he put the bug in my ear of like, why don't we go look at some? There's a lot of uh vintage volkswagen shows in connecticut we have a nice kind of volkswagen club and they put on a lot of really good events so he's like there's one at the fairgrounds of town over in a couple of days why don't we just go look at them and see if we like them i was like all right yeah whatever and the whole time like he's he's getting excited and i'm like yeah they're cool i guess but uh so he's like looking on craigslist and and all over the place for uh a van again he really wanted like a t25 Mm. Newer than the the Volkswagen bus, you can. They're water cooled. Mm-hmm. Other, we didn't know shit about them, but like they have room. I think his sister had some in the eighties. Uh, she has a son who's in a wheelchair, and she bought two Vanagons brand new to haul her son around because she could take the middle seat out and there's all that room, and she could like strap them down and stuff. Mm. Um, so we go to the show and we're looking at them, and uh, I'm like, those are, you know, they're kind of cool. I kind of like them. Getting to really get into them, and I was meeting people, and there's a couple that's had one that they bought new in 1991. And they've, it's a, a Westphalia camper, and they've driven it all over the country. They took it to Germany. They've toured England with it. It's been everywhere. I'm like, man, that's that's pretty kind of cool, you know? And I was looking at the interiors, and I liked them. But then I started walking around to the water-cooled section 
Um, because these shows are primarily like Beatles and buses and all that, but there's a small denomination of like Chiracos and GTIs and that stuff. Mm. And uh, I was like, man, these things are actually pretty cool. Um, and I remember there's a there's a big bumper Mark II GTI, and I was like, man, that thing's like aggressive and it looks fast and it's low and it's cool. So I kind of I kind of started drifting towards that stuff. Um, but while we're at the show, my dad's on Craigslist and he finds a van again. It's an '84. Uh, first year water cooled automatic base model uh, that's at a mechanic shop that has had a rebuilt engine, brand new brakes, rebuilt transmission, supposedly no rust. It's a really nice van and it's $2,000, which is crazy cheap, even at the time. Mm. The market has exploded since then. This was 2000, I don't know, 13, I think, maybe 10, 12, 10 years ago. I don't know. So he's like, You want to go, you want to go look at this thing? Because I had, I had about that much saved up. Uh, and I'm like, sure, yeah, we'll go, we'll go take a look. So we drive. It's out in Barkhampstead, Connecticut, which is almost in New York. It's about two and a half hours away. And uh, we pull up to the shop, and there's like 200 Vanigans there. It's a Vanigan specific shop. They've got a couple of buses. Wow. Um, they've got like a, a Quantum Diesel, but it's they specialize in Vanigans, and they have like Synchro Vanigans and Westphalias and all sorts of really cool vans. Mm. So we go and we talk to the owner, and he's like, yeah, it's a customer's car. Uh, he has zero mechanical ability. He had us do all this stuff. He way overpaid for a bunch of stuff. Uh, they cut him deals on things like they rebuilt the engine. It was around Christmas time. So they took like a thousand dollars off the price just to help the guy out. And, um, they, but they did everything. This thing's a, a, a daily driver. It's mechanically perfect. And it had a couple of little rust holes, like under a, a floor mat and in the engine bay, um, so we drive it around and it's great. It drives good, stops okay. It's power brakes and it's a six thousand pound van or uh, no, manual brakes. I'm sorry, manual brakes, six thousand pound van. Um, so you know it does what it can. But my dad's like in love, and I'm like, this thing's this thing's pretty cool. I like it. I could drive this every day because it's sitting like over the front wheels, big old steering wheel. It's like driving a school bus. It's totally mm. weird. So my dad goes in and talks to the guy, and uh, he's like, I'm gonna lowball him. He's already part, uh, priced it super low, but I'm gonna lowball him. So my dad goes to the mechanic and he's like, how do you feel about $1,300? And I'm like, you know, maybe we can talk our way up to like 17 or 18 would be cool. And the guy's like, I don't know. Let me call the owner. So he calls the owner and he talks to the guy for a minute and he comes back. He says, the owner says he can't do 13. That's way too low. How about 1400? And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like, wow. Immediately like, here's the cash. Take it, please. So, uh. So I bought a van again, and that was my first car, and I've never driven it. <laughs> what do you mean we, you've never driven it? So we towed it home, and I was 15, so we, I can't drive until I'm 16. I can't okay. get my license. So I've yard-driven it, and when my parents weren't home, I took it to my girlfriend's house once. And other than that, I've never driven it. I got my license. I bought a Mark IV Golf because we started to uh, – we were going to, like, restore the van. It had, like, a dented door. And uh, we were going to, you know, replace belts and, you know, the things you do in your truck. Just little peace of mind mm. things to make it more reliable, I guess. Mm. Um, and we started, so I bought a Mark IV Golf as a daily driver so that I could restore that and drive the Golf. And then I bought a Mark II GLI, unbeknownst to my dad. I went out to Massachusetts at like 11 o'clock at night in the snow, uh, showed up to this guy's house, taught myself to drive stick while test driving this car. It was super fucked up. I paid him a thousand bucks for it. Drove it home. 
I broke a transmission mount. So the, the whole engine transmission was kind of pivoting on the front and back. It would rock back and forth. So every time you hit the gas, it would tilt upward into the hood and the power steering pulley would grind on the frame. Ooh. Uh, so I got, I parked it in a commuter lot and I called my dad the next day. I'm like, dad, can you come meet me in this commuter lot? And he's like, why? I'm like, just, just come here. I need a ride real quick. And so he shows up and he knows better than to just talk to me. So he drives around the lot real slow, circles the whole thing and pulls up to me. And he's like, so do you need to go talk about that piece of shit car with my license plate on it? I was like, kinda. <laughs> he's like, what's that? I'm like, that's my new car. He's like, you already have two cars. I'm like, yeah, but now I have three cars. <laughs> oh God. So, um, so things kind of got out of hand. I started buying cars and working on shit and in the van just kind of sat and, they don't like to sit. They have a really stupid fuel injection system. It's like CIS, but way worse, almost. Right. Um, so the fuel injection system went bad. I think like the fuel pressure regulator went bad, which is like $80, but I didn't want to pay for that because I'm working on this cool GLI. Um, so it sat for a long time, and I tried to start it up like once a year, and it eventually just wouldn't even run. And... I started getting into rabbits. I got real crazy with rabbits. I bought a ton of them. I moved out of my parents' house. I got my own house. I bought even more rabbits. Um, and the van's just been sitting for about 10 years. So, Oh, that's such a shame. Because they're well, like so, one of my dream vehicles, they are. I realized that, like, I, I bought a van for $1,400. That could be worth seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 now. And it's just sitting. It's covered in moss and grime. And I need to, like, give this thing some love. Mm. So maybe about three years ago, just right before COVID, um, I had that and I had a 77 Chevy pickup truck at my parents' house. Everything else was at my house or stored elsewhere, but I had those two things there. And my dad's like, I need these cars going. I can't, I'm trying to sell my house because the housing market here got super crazy. The prices jumped up super high. He had a nice house. He's like, I want to cash out um, and sell my house right now. And they're going to take pictures, and I don't want your piece of shit cars here. <laughs> so he's like, sell one, and I will help you uh, finish the other one. So I was like, do I sell this truck that I love, or do I sell my very first van that's worth a lot of money? And I did the stupid thing, and I sold the truck for half of what I paid for it. No way. <laughs> so I had this, it was a beautiful 4x4, short bed, 4-speed, small block, uh, Chevy Cheyenne pickup. And I sold it for $500 really fast. So that I could get this van going. And uh, so I started reading up on Sama threads. I'm like, I want to I want to drive this. I want to take it to Madness. I want to take it to Florida. I want to drive the shit out of this van. Mm. So that's not going to happen with this stupid little water-cooled flat four engine. So I need to do an engine swap. So I'm looking around. What's cheap? What's reliable? What can I do easily? And uh, my answer for that every time is the ABA from the Mark Threes. So right. okay. I ended up buying an ABA off my friend John Coot, who's been mentioned on the podcast before. He had a pile of them. He's like, you can take whatever you want, 200 bucks an engine. So I grabbed a decent looking engine, $200. I got a cam for it. Uh, I planned on having Turbo Dave build me a swap harness because uh, as well as doing Mark 1 and Mark 2 swaps, he also does van stuff. Mm. Um, and... I tore the engine or started tearing the engine out. I took the manifolds off. I unbolted the whole thing. It's kind of dangling from the transmission. And uh, I left my dad's house and COVID broke out real bad. And so I uh, wasn't able to see my parents for a couple of months. 
they sold the house. They're like, we need to figure something out. So, so I ended up uh, trailering up to uh, Clint's shop that he was renting in Massachusetts, which was like half an hour north of my house. Um, he had already moved to Florida. He wasn't even there, but he uh, got to our friend Joe. And I was like, Joe, can I can I leave this van at your shop? And he's like, I don't have any room inside, but you can stick it in the parking lot and hope that no one says anything. So uh, so I stuck it outside. It's a big old factory brick building uh, up in Webster, Massachusetts. And I left it in the parking lot for a year. And Joe calls me up. He's like, hey, man, uh, I don't have any problem with your van being here, but my landlord is giving me a lot of shit about all the cars. And I've got a bunch of stuff outside. And he says it all needs to go. So is there anywhere you can put the van? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I called my dad and like, can I put it at your house? And uh, he said he doesn't have any room. He's, he's in the middle of building a house. Um, but he owns a couple of rental properties. And he's like, why don't you stick it in this garage? Because the tenant doesn't use it. And it'll be safe there. And I'll lock it up. And they don't have access. So I trailered it back there. And it's been sitting in that garage for like two years, waiting for me to have time and money to tear into it and do it right. Because I really want this thing to be reliable. I want my girlfriend to be able to drive it. So I want it to be super reliable and I want to trust it to go long distances. Um, so I'm just saving up money, trying to get this ABA done and, and make it nice and regasket everything in all new parts and do the brakes and do the suspension. And uh, so that's kind of on the back burner. It's just in storage for now, but I do still have it. I love that van and I'm going to hopefully make it nice in a year or two. You know, whenever I get to all these other rabbits, I have to do first. <laughs> wow, I can't wait to get onto the rabbit stuff. But oh man, that's uh, yeah, I feel for you, man. I, I, I like I often get put out the question of you know to people, what's your four, what's your dream four space garage? What vehicles you have in there? And we'll get onto that later on, and maybe you can start thinking about that um, subconsciously. But that would be one of mine. Is the T twenty five? I don't. I'm not sure. It's the one with like the square headlights I quite like. And it's it's my my girlfriend's dad used to have one. Uh, they used to have a T25. But it was, the, like I said, the one with like four square headlights on the front. I don't know. Right. Maybe so that's, you probably that's a little bit me. later. Um, right. That's a T25, but that's like an 86 and up, I think, had that. 86 to 91. I just love the way that looks. I really do. Of course, you got the one with the ones with the round headlights. They look like a you know, like a Mark one golf or a caddy, like the same look if you squint your eyes, but like, right. Yeah. I just, from seeing my girlfriend's dad's one, I was like, Oh man, that's so cool. Those like square headlights. Like, and he had like, you know, the ladder on the back and it was all like just cool and cozy inside. And yeah, that was like, when I saw it, I was like, damn, damn. Yeah. If I was gonna get <laughs> they're, one, they're super cool vans. Yeah. That's what I would get. Like, and now they have a T5, and which is really new. I don't know if you guys get got them over there. The no, we don't have those, unfortunately. We got the Eurovan, I guess it's the T4, T3. Yes. I don't know. T4, yeah. T4. So, yeah, we got the Eurovan until like 2003, I think. Right. Um, and then we haven't gotten any of your vans since. And I've seen, I follow a couple pages that kind of specialize in uh, the newer T5s, like uh, Slambassadors, I think, is a UK based okay. um, company that does t5s as well as like t25s and stuff and they lower everything on hydraulics and they make them super low and super cool oh yeah, um, yeah. so i love those vans i just I, we, I wish we got them over here they're very uh they're very modern obviously uh and and they look nice and everything's nice and modern inside and everything works and everything's reliable but the character 
of these older bands like the T25 or the Vanagans, I just, you can't replace that. The, they've got so much character. The same with the Rabbits. Do you know what I mean? If you Yeah, it's cool in... because like, so I got this van first before I really knew anything about Volkswagens. Right. And then I kind of moved on from it. I didn't look at it much. It was at my parents' house. And once I got into Mark 1s, I got back in the van and I'm like, dude, these gauges are Mark 1 gauges and the font mm. on the automatic shifter is Mark 1. Like, this is all mm. Mark 1 stuff, just a big ass van. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that must have been surreal to see that after the fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we go back, I'm interested to know what your band name was. You mentioned earlier oh, you were in a band. So I was in, I was in quite a few bands for short periods of time. Um, my first band was called What? with an exclamation and a question or exclamation mark and a question point at the end. And okay. then that was, that was actually at a summer camp. I went to a really cool little summer camp at the local college that was all about learning to be in a band. And it was like a week long and they pair you with people with similar music interests and similar ages. And you do like two cover songs. And you have to write an original song. Um, so thank you to my parents for paying for that for me when I was like 13. Wow. Cause that was an eye opening experience. Mm. Um, so that was, so I was in that band. What? And then, a bunch of the people that went to that camp kind of formed another band called Potato and the Spuds. Um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so that was fun. We just like, we didn't ever play out. We just did like covers and stuff at home and uh, it was fun. And then wow. I was in another band in high school called Secondhand Stoned. That was like a bad version of Alice in Chains. Okay. Because um, I, I was super into grunt. So I started, uh, I was raised on folk music. All I'd heard at home was folk music. And then uh, I found my dad's CD collection and I got into like classic rock. I found ACDC. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. Hell um, yeah. And uh, he had like Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith. And I'm asking, like, you like this music? He's like, yeah, I've seen Kiss four times. And I saw Aerosmith in 75. And I saw ACDC in 81 on the wow. For Those About to Rock tour. I'm like, when were you cool? Come on, man. <laughs> um, See? So then <laughs> as, you know, after all the classic rock and stuff, I got super into Nirvana and grunge music and mm. uh, have now fallen back into primarily being into folk music. But, um, wow. okay, so I was in Potato and the Spuds, then Secondhand Stoned. Then I played a bunch of acoustic stuff kind of through high school, um, did like singer-songwritery, open mic type stuff. And then I got in another band called Breakfast for Dinner, I think is when I bought the van. Um, wow. and replay that a little bit. That's, yeah, that's was... what I normally have every now and then. I have breakfast for dinner. Literally, have breakfast for dinner, like toast and cereal. Fun story. I didn't know that Clint also does that. When he goes out to dinner, he gets breakfast, and he didn't tell me. And like, <laughs> so we go to a restaurant. It's Zip's Diner up like twenty minutes from me, and. It's me and him and, and Jess, and I think our friend Joe is there, and Joe knows the program, and I don't. So I order, like, a cheeseburger or, I don't know, chicken or fried chicken or something, and they're all getting waffles and pancakes. I'm like, man, you got to tell me this stuff. Like, if I'm getting breakfast, I need to prepare and get a proper breakfast for dinner. <laughs> I'm over here with a cheeseburger smelling maple syrup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, man. What, what, do you, what, do you, what instrument do you play? Uh, I play guitar. But I can play piano and bass and mandolin and a bunch of other random little mandolin. things. But I, I am I'm a guitar player. Wow, I didn't realize. Well, yeah, same as me. I've I've played guitar for you know years and years, mate. Years and years, and I've got some stories of my own. But this is your podcast. But uh, yeah, man, it sounds like we we have similar inter 
influences in terms of music and the classic rock scene that was uh, yeah. heavily influenced on me. I remember vivid memory of me as a young, young kid. I must have been like six or seven. Um, I remember sitting in the bathtub and the door was open and my dad was like blasting out some um, cassette tapes. And he had like a, he had like a, a briefcase, but it was filled with cassette tapes. Oh, I've got and, a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I bet um, Billy App- Applegate will love this because he's well into the cassette tapes, isn't he? But uh, mm. yeah, I I just remember him blasting out Black Sabbath. And of course, as a kid, I didn't know what I was listening to. But I was in the bath, probably playing with like fucking Thomas the Tank toys and shit like that. And As one does. Yeah. And I, all of a sudden, I just hear like, I am Iron Man. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit, what is this? And then I just continued to listen to um, the album on his cassette. And he just kept playing it. And then he put on Deep Purple and then Led Zeppelin, like you say, and all these other great Hawkwind and Nirvana. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. Like, obviously, as a little kid, I was like, not swearing and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, this is wild stuff, man. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I, I'm so glad that I grew up listening to that, whereas it could have gone the other way. I could have been listening to things that were in, like, the charts and shit like that that were yeah. around that time, and I would have grown up probably, you know, with a different outlook, maybe. I don't know, but I'm so glad that I grew up listening to all of those, like, rock bands and stuff. Yeah, know? I've always said I'm super fortunate that... uh I was raised with old music and old technology and around older people. Cause like, like deck in my room, I had a turntable. I was listening to records all the time. Mm. I was super influenced by like seventies music. I still every day, like I'll listen to Neil Young all day, every day. Mm. Like all, you know, I love the old ways and I love the old music and I love the old culture. And mm. I'm fortunate that I have an understanding of that going into the world we're in now. Um, uh, so I've been I've been super grateful to be raised in that way. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you you mentioned earlier about um, I swear you said about having a Honda Civic and having like a Marshall stack in the back seat or something, dude. That was literally me, like literally me. I, I'm a guitar player and I used to have a JCB 800, I think it's called JCM 800. G, G, yeah, it was. Oh just, man. It was ridiculously um, expensive, and I thought it would sound better than it did. Maybe it needed yeah. some modifications, but I went to town. I saved up a bunch of money for a big old, like, refrigerator-sized stack. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> we weren't even, like, a proper band yet. And I was like, now, nah, one day we're going to make it, and we're going to actually get a drummer, and <laughs> let's get this amplifier. It's really going to help. And uh, yeah, I shortly sold it after, like, a couple of months, but... I have a really just a quick side story on this, as you mentioned it. Like, I had the the Marshall stack. It was like a, a the JCM is it JCM. Yeah, yeah JCM eight hundred. Yeah, the yeah, and it had the, that head with like a. Oh, can't, it was like a nineteen sixty uh, cab, I think. Yep, that's. Yeah, and I was like, right, I need to sell this, and I need some money. And anyway, I put it on like gumtree which is like our version of like craigslist or something right and i got like a message after a couple of days of this guy saying like okay we will need that amplifier 
what's the best price? I can't remember at all. It was years and years ago, probably yeah. like a decade ago now. And I remember saying, okay, we agreed on a price, agreed, agreed on a time and a date for this guy to pick it up. And I was like, okay, cool. And it, bearing in mind, at the time, I was living with my friend, Glenn, who played bass in our mm-hmm. little, you know, trying to get a band together but we lived together we were roommates and right. um, you know he's a big thin lizzy fan i'm a big guns and roses fan we had posters and shit all over the walls <laughs> we had record players all set up and fucking a library of vinyl uh, records in front of the tv it was just you know a guy's dream apartment basically of course was, that sounds perfect it was a dream like guitars basses everywhere it was great anyway um uh this this uh i get a knock at the door and uh i go outside and answer the door and there's this dude there dressed in all leathers black like from top to bottom in black leather uh black hair a little bit older an older dude sunglasses Mm -hmm. on and i I was like hey and he had like an american accent and he was like, oh, I'm here to pick up the amp. And I was like, okay, cool. And I poked my head out the door, looked down the street, and there's this fucking massive tour bus. Oh, shit. Fucking huge tour bus. And you got to also know that we lived on like a really small street. Like the, 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 the road was really narrow and small, and it was like a dead end. And it was really difficult to maneuver, even if you had a normal car. So right. they brought a fucking tour bus to my front door. <laughs> I had no idea who I didn't recognize anybody. I didn't recognize anybody's faces. I didn't recognize there's no names. There was no band name anywhere. Anyway, I was like, yeah, come on in. Come and check it out. Because they wanted to test it and make sure it worked and stuff. Yeah, of course. Anyway, this guy then signals to some other dudes. He's like, hey, come on in. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, just invite everyone. The tour bus opens up and five dudes, all dressed pretty much the same, black, top to bottom, leather, sunglasses, dyed black hair, like middle-aged dudes. And I was like 21 at the time, I think. And they they all come marching out and they come walking over to my apartment. And me, I was like, what the fuck is going on? They come in, they're starting to touch things. They're looking at the walls. They start touching my fish tank and i was like what the fuck is that actually happening right now it's <laughs> happening so fast there's like some band that i don't know who they are but they're here to pick up this amplifier and they're they're just like oh, it's really it's like as if wayne's world and his like uh posse came into my apartment <laughs> and they're all acting like you know young adults but like it was really weird and it was yeah they were just really like up to no good basically you could just tell but they were just like yeah. yeah yeah we'll take it we'll take it come on guys grab a grab the handle i'm like what the fuck's actually okay thanks cheers for popping by and, yeah uh, yeah leave cheers. my fish alone please <laughs> yeah and they were like just started marching back to the tour bus and they gave me a little toot like bah, bah. and i was like what the fuck just happened man <laughs> it's so surreal that's so did surreal. you ever figure out who they were no idea, no clue. I That's just imagine, crazy. yeah, just I imagine there's some support group for someone I don't know. Yeah, madness though. I just wow, that's crazy. That. I thought I chucked that. In there. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, so before I was into Volkswagens for years, I I buy and sell guitar gear like you wouldn't believe. Really? I've probably had two, three hundred guitars in the last ten years or whatever. Not wow. for very long. I'll I'll do it every day. I'll get rid of a guitar four hours after I get it, except for a couple. 
But mm-hmm. I don't have any crazy stories from that. It was all super fine interactions. I'd meet people in public. They're normal. I didn't have fucking Judas Priest over here coming to my house or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. That's what it. That's honestly what it would look like. Yeah, that's why I'm at. It's just leather, black. Oh, fucking ridiculous. So what? What? What's your favorite guitar? Before we move on back to the Volkswagens, what's your favorite so, like, guitar? I've so Slash was a huge influence for me. The first song I ever learned the guitar was was the intro to Sweet Child of Mine. I played in my '80s Yamaha acoustic guitar. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So that being said, I've always been a Les Paul into a Marshall Hatchback kind of guy. Yes. Until just recently. Um, okay. I so I don't have a lot of money per se. I don't spend a lot of money. I buy a guitar for like two hundred bucks, and I trade and trade and trade and trade and trade until I have a nicer guitar. Mm. So I found a deal on Marketplace. It was like eleven o'clock at night. I'm just looking at Marketplace because it's all I ever do, and I saw an ad that just said guitar seventy five dollars, and it was a nineteen sixty four Gretsch uh, single anniversary which is like a $3,800 guitar in nice shape. Wow. Um, it, it looked like shit, but I'm like, whatever, it's 75 bucks. Like, the pickup's like $200. Yeah. So I, I message a guy, and like, this has got to be fake, because there's been a, a spring of fake, like, $100, you know, vintage Fender amps, and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff for way cheapest fake marketplace ads. So I messaged a guy, and he's like, yeah, it was my dad's. Uh, he died and left it to me. Uh, it's been in my body shop for, like, 20 years I noodle on it here and there, but I don't really play guitar, so I have no use for this. So I was like, can I come tomorrow? I'll give you a hundred bucks if you take it down. And he's like, sure, yeah, I'll take more than I'm asking for. So I drive down there, and I pick it up, and it's real, and it's pretty nice. It's covered in, like, like uh, Bondo sanding dust and stuff, um, but it has the original case, and it's in really nice shape, and the guitar itself is pretty good. So I took it home, and I cleaned it up. And I played it, and I took it apart, and I had like a thousand uh, dollar vintage Gibson T-top pickup in it. So I should have taken that out, but I didn't. But so I, I put it on marketplace, and some guy messaged me. He's like, "Hey, uh, I don't play guitar, but I'm a collector, and I'm really into AC/DC. I have a cherry red Gibson SG in beautiful condition, like the one Angus plays. Mm. And your guitar is a lot like what Malcolm plays. Do you want to trade?" And wow. Like, Fuck yeah, I do. I paid a hundred bucks for this thing. So Jesus. Uh, he worked so I work at a shipyard in Rhode Island and he worked at a marina like three minutes down the road. So I'm like, all right, I'll bring the guitar to work with me and I'll meet you and we'll trade. And so I, I met the guy, he's really nice, and he's like, I, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it looks like it's in nice shape. And I played it for him and I'm like, I take care of this thing, it's in good shape, it plays nice, everything works. Uh his guitar was great. So I got my very first Gibson. It's a 2001 uh, SG standard. And from that moment on, I am addicted to SGs. They play better. They sound better. They're comfortable. They're, they're super different. light as well, right? They're, yeah, they're crazy. It's like eight pounds or something, not even. Mm. And so I'm an SG guy now forever. Wow. I love them. But that's a great deal. You bought a guitar that, uh, you know, you've, you've got it for $100. Yeah. And you've got, you swapped it for a, a Gibson SG. Yeah, I think he had it listed on Marketplace for like fifteen hundred bucks, yeah. and I put my guitar for fifteen hundred bucks. I'm like, I think I, I think I did pretty damn well here. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I've done Jesus lots of trading Christ. up, but usually I have to go through like seven guitars to get something nice, and this is an immediate huge wow. jump up. And I love, I'll have that forever. I love that guitar. Yeah. Oh man, if I had the money, yeah, for sure. Like, I, yeah, I, that's I, what I said. Now, so like, I'll never have the money, but here we yeah. go. Let's trade for it. <laughs> wow, that is luck, man. But yeah, I. I, I 
it's funny you mentioned Slash because again, I'm a massive, massive Slash fan. Another quick story from me. Uh, I know this is supposed to be your episode. I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's but... I like your stories. I want you to talk more. I like hearing <laughs> what you have to say. I'm sure you'll appreciate this. But um, okay, so we're in the UK and uh, Slash is coming into town, and it's Slash, not Guns and Roses. Right, Slash of Snake Pit or the solo band or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, We did manage to go see the new Guns N' Roses a couple of years ago in London, which was, eh, it was all right. But, uh, you know, but going before that, before we went to see Guns N' Roses, we, uh, it was Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Oh, they're very good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those. And uh, this was back when I was living with my buddy Glenn all those years ago. And, um, and I was like, oh, man, Slash is going to London. I remember London is about, depending on how you get there, train or coach or car, it's about an hour or two hours uh, to get to London. Right. And this is this is before you lived on the Isle of Wight, right? Right. Yeah. We lived in Southampton, which is just across the water from the island. Okay. All right. And uh, I was like, oh, man, Slash is coming to, to London in Brixton. And I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go. Do you want to go? Like, he's like, oh, I can. I've got work. And I was like, for fuck's sake. And I was Quit like, your job. Like, I know. It's like, it's a slash, man. I'll fucking pay for your ticket. We'll go. And he's like, nah, I can't. I was like, for fuck's sake. So I was asking around everybody. I was like, do you want to go? Do you want to go see Slash? I don't care who the fuck you are. Do you want to come with me? It'd be fun. It'd be cool. Like, I was like, I'll pay for your ticket. I'll pay for your transport. Let's just fucking go to get. Let's go. It's, you know, you know when's, the, when's the next time you're going to go and uh, see a fucking living legend? exactly and i was like no one would go no one i was asking everybody so i was like you know what i'm gonna fucking go on my own i don't give a flying fuck it's slash i've idolized this guy since i was in my teens and i was like this i'm gonna go and see him and i'm gonna live to tell the tale and i was like fuck it i don't care what people think i'm gonna go and see slash i'm gonna be able to literally just get fucking starstruck and i did i went i think i got the I think I got the train or coach, went there. And Brixton is like a rough, rough neighborhood. It's like fucking rough. And I was just like constantly looking over my shoulder all the time. Anyway, it's queuing up just a bunch of other people. And I'm just there on my fucking Todd. And I'm just on my own, just like, oh, fuck this. You know, you know what it's like when you're waiting for a gig to start. There's hours and hours of waiting. Anyway, of course, yeah. show's about to start and I'm fucking right at the back and I make my way all the way to the front. I don't give a... F- when you're on your own, it's like all of a sudden you don't give a fuck. You're yeah, you don't show. have to care about if someone else doesn't want to be in the pit yeah. or they, they want to yeah, get yeah, a drink. Yeah. No, get the fuck to the stage. <laughs> yeah, I was like, right, I'm here. I need to be there. And I just literally just put my hands together as if I'm about to dive off of a fucking swimming pool diving pl- uh, board Oh, I know the moves. <laughs> and I just went straight through to the fucking barrier. And, I was, and it was before the show started. And I was like, right, Slash normally positions himself to the right of the stage. And I was like, right, I'm going to try and aim there. And I went right to the front, crushed my ribs against the barrier. But I was there. <laughs> and I looked forward. I looked forward. I was t- tilting my head. And I see his wild pedal. And I was like, yep, this is the spot. Yeah. And I was like, right, this is where I need to be. And like five minutes later, boom, they come on and I fucking shit my pants and came <laughs> all over everybody around me. It was ridiculous. Probably one Man, of the that best, must have been the coolest. It was the best one of one of the best musical nights of my fucking life. Just having just watching Slash like literally about two meters away for like 
two to three hours was ridiculous and uh, Man, that's so cool and after that i got a gibson les paul slash edition like of course straight, and i was like fuck me and uh, <laughs> still have it to this day anyway, that's awesome that's my little uh and i didn't get raped i didn't die on the way home i was all safe and uh, good for you live to tell the tale <laughs> Anyway, back to you, Volkswagens. Right, everyone's back. Everyone's awake again. And yep. uh, so, so let's rewind. So you got you. You talked about owning so many Volkswagens. When did that obsession start? Obviously, you you. Uh, what did you have first? It was like a. You didn't so I had a, a I had a first. I had a Vanagon, and then I had a '91 uh, Jetta GLI right. with a two-liter swap. That uh, interesting story. So I'm gonna tie a bunch of stories together right here. Mm. So I bought that. I wanted a project car. I don't know why. I don't know what got me into, but I needed to work on something. I wanted to make something unique. I wanted something cool and fast. And my friend's dad, who lived like uh, three quarters of a mile down the road from me, had a Mark III Jetta that he bought brand new. It was a Tornado Red 1995 GLX. So it was leather interior, top of the line, VR6, five speed, beautiful car. Mm. so he bought it in 95 he drove it till 97 and then he got a new car so it had like twenty five thousand miles on it Ooh. uh was pretty much stock untouched beautiful interior uh had aftermarket 17 inch wheels uh but came with the original that had one year only bbs wheels on it, and he had those as well so i bugged him out about it since i was a kid before i was into volkswagen before i really cared i was like oh let me get your car so i was there I had my van. He knew I liked Volkswagens. And he's like, I'll sell you my Jetta. I was like, really? You'll sell the Jetta? What do you want for it? He's like, I'll take $1,000. I was like, man, that's a good deal. So then I'm, I'm debating back and forth. I think if you go way back in my Instagram, I, took, I posted a picture, like a Google photo of a Tornado Red 95 GLX mm. saying something like, oh, I got to get one of these or I don't know if I should get this. Mm. And then um, for some reason, I bought a piece of shit half a million mile GLI with no floors with an ABA swap with a quarter million miles on it in the middle of the night some guy I didn't know that was really broken <laughs> so the way I met Clint was uh, I had that car and my really good friend from high school David um, had a gorgeous still has it tarpon blue 80 deluxe two-door diesel rabbit mm. that also has the coolest story in the whole world so he needed like a fuse block or something because those have uh, the, the rain drips into the fuse block from the rain tray all the time and they get corroded and you can't really, it's a bitch. So Clint had a really nice fuse block and we didn't know him, but we'd seen him on burn on Mark ones and stuff. And so he's like, yeah, I got this. And he had a couple of parts for him. So we drove up to Massachusetts um, to buy that from him. And I, I think he may have mentioned the boat yard previously. Uh, a family member owned a, a, business selling boats that burned down and then they just had a concrete slab covered in boats that he oh, and Nick Selko used to stash all their cars at because there's a little like corner that's like behind some trees and behind some boats and they had like four or five cars lined up there um so we met him there and David kind of did the deal with him and uh it was him and it was this Australian kid that they knew for a little bit and I think Nick Selko was there but I don't remember but I know the Australian kid had Nick Selko's turbo diesel cabriolet. Um, but so, you know, we hung out with him and we took stupid pictures and we became friends or whatever. And David and I left to go get lunch and Clint messaged me on Instagram. He's like, hey, you've got that GLI, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, 
does it have like a wire brush polish transmission? I was like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, did you get it on Mark three steelies with snow tires? And I was like, yeah. He's like, where'd you buy it? I was like some dude in Springfield, which is, you know, half an hour from where he grew up. He's like, I built that car. What? Like, really? You built that? He's like, yeah, me and my friend Ian built it for his mom to be a daily driver. And she fucking hated it. And I was like, yeah, it's a rot box piece of shit. Jetta dragging its rockers with a fucked up ABA swap. No wonder she hated it. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I built that car a while ago and we sold it to some dude and I, I kind of lost it. I was like, yeah, I own it now. Uh, wow. Fortunately, I got rid of that car because it was a huge turd and it was going to be a nightmare and I could never work on it. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that was my introduction to him. And since then, we've been talking a lot and traded parts and done stupid things and drove super far together. But uh, you drove that was super a weird far. Coincidence. You, d- you drove super far together. Yeah, well, we uh, my first or my only time going to forties in a bag uh, was just show up in New York about four hours away was with him and Nick Selko, and it's a four-hour drive, and I think it took us, like, 11 and a half hours. What? Because uh, Clint was smart and drove his stock TDI Passat, and at the time, Selko had that uh, body-dropped white round headlight TDI pickup, Right. and he had just gotten it and did almost no work to it. Like, he got it running and, you know, fixed up a couple of things in the swap, uh, and the night before, he... He wanted a mono wiper on the truck, but he couldn't afford one. So he like modified the stock wiper linkage to be a mono wiper. Really? And then he didn't even attempt to turn it on before we left. And he started, he like turned his wipers on, and that arm was swinging so hard, so fast, like aggressively smacking side to side on the windshield. <laughs> and of course, like an hour in, there's a fucking hurricane. So it's like raining like crazy, and it's, it's smacking back and forth, and it just. Bro- the arm stops oh. moving. The motor's still going, but the arm's not moving. So we had to like pull over to a rest stop and cover the windshield in Rain-X and try to keep it dry. And we can only go 30 miles an hour. And it kept blowing intercooler hoses off and stuff. And then we had to go meet uh, Clint's friend, Matt Murray, who was an OG rabbit guy from back in the day that's gotten out of it. But I'm sure I'll mention him later because he's... I'm obsessed with his cars. I've heard um, that name before. I swear someone, I swear it's Clint maybe even mentioned that. I, I know someone's mentioned, I don't know who, but he, he did a lot of really, really cool stuff like 10 years ago. Mm. And he had a crazy collection. He was like a parts guy. He imported like all of the rarest parts that no one's ever heard of. He had five of them, all new old stock, all crazy stuff. He had some really gorgeous cars. He did the first running VR5 swap rabbit or VR5 swap anything in the country. Uh, he bagged all his cars before you could buy kits. Like he invented his own airbag setup. And just, he did a lot of really cool stuff. Wow. Okay. Um, so we, we like met him for dinner cause he's from Pennsylvania. Um, but he was up in New York for a swap meet or whatever. So we met him and it just took forever to get there. Um, my car had the original one five diesel and it ran away like two or three times on the way there. Like, I know Tim just mentioned he had a runaway in the TDI, and that was, like, the death of the TDI in his truck. Mm. Um, so when, you're, when your engine runs away, it's pretty much fucked. Um, unless you're me, and you just start it back up and keep driving and let it happen again and again and again. Jeez. <laughs> I think that one five ran away, like, five or six times. Um, so it, it did eventually die, but it should have died a long time ago. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so we've done a couple of far drives. That's probably the farthest one, but we've, we've had a lot of fun adventures together. Wow, that's great, man! And you say you got a bunch of rabbits, and of course, uh, 
we have, uh, and probably not many people know this, but we invented this little Instagram group called Team Mountain Green. And yes, it's, sir. It's an Instagram group chat, and it's just all the people that have a mountain green, whether it's a pickup or whether it is just the rabbit four-door or two-door. And it's just I'm trying to collect as many people as I can that just have that same passion for the that mountain green color. There's a bunch of people in there, Justin Torres. Yeah, it's actually it's a really nice little group because it's, it's a lot of like-minded people with similar interests, and we can yeah. share information with each other and stuff. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And is uh, is that like uh, your current, like, how do I put this? I don't know how your mind works. I don't know your fleet of vehicles. Uh, everybody knows that I've just got the one Volkswagen. Whereas I talk to multiple people uh, all the time. And, you know, when I think that, you know, because you'll see someone's Instagram and you'll see that they have, for example, like, a, a, I don't know, a, a Tabasco red truck and they post that all the time and you think okay that must be their the one or that must be their baby uh, however you want to do it but right what's your is the mountain green rabbit your current like right this is it this is this is the one or is that just another project among projects the mountain green rabbit was my very first mark one and it will be my very last mark one if i have it my way Really? Okay. Yeah. I've I so I bought that in 2016 and that's the only car I've I I got I've had 25 rabbits ish in that neighborhood with you uh, know pickups GTI Scirocco Jetta Mark 1s 25 Mark 1s ish. You've had 25. I mean obviously we've had people on like Clint and and Salco who have you know said oh yeah I've had like 2000. I mean I'm I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Clint's had you know, well over 100 I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, now nothing that comes out of anything that comes out of Clint's mouth. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm just I'm at a point now where I know Clint and I just think that eh, doesn't surprise me that he's just said yeah. that or he did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that doesn't faze me at all now. Uh, but for someone to say like they've had 25 Volkswagens. So I, I bought my rabbit in 2016. Uh, I bought like 20 within a three year period. And then I kind of slowed down a bit. Because I was 20. like, can we just like, I can't fathom 20 vehicles within three years. Yeah, like, it was, I had a problem for a little bit. <laughs> talk, talk me through that, man, because I can't get my head around that. Like, well, so I, I'm very fortunate that there's a lot of really cool local Volkswagen guys within an hour or two. Um, and I do parts mostly. I'm, I'm a parts guy. I get given collections of parts or I buy collections of parts all the time. And I kind of redistribute it. Um, cause I'll get like, like when Clint moved to Florida, he had a collection of parts above his shop of like all the stuff that he couldn't get rid of. And he just gave it to me. He's like, I don't want this stuff. And I've slowly been like finding homes for it because it's all like, like new old stock cruise control modules. I have 30 of them. When wow. have you ever seen a rabbit with cruise control in it? Nice. I've seen like one. And so it's hard to find homes for this stuff. But if everyone's like, oh man, like I cracked my taillight. I'm like, oh dude, I've got like four of that taillight. Just send me your shipping address and cover shipping, and I'll get it to you. Wow. Um, so I'm I have a collection of parts, and I try to distribute it. Um, so I've met a lot of people around through buying parts from them, selling parts to them, um, just asking for advice. Um, so, like I was at my friend Josh's house. Josh is a really cool guy. 
he's really into the Callaway Turbo stuff, and he is he is the Callaway Turbo expert for Mark Ones. He's got two or three Callaway cars, um, and just a, a huge collection of thirty years of parts. So I was at Josh's house picking up something for my rabbit, and in front of his barn, he's got a, a GTI rabbit GTI filled to the roof with junk. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, I'm scrapping that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's full of scrap metal. I'm t- taking it to the yard. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, somebody raised the strut towers, so it's not a. It, I don't, I don't like that stuff. He's old school. He doesn't like low and stupid. He's like, it's, you've got raised strut towers, and it's all. I don't want it. I'm like, I do. He's like, okay, then take it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I went and picked that up. You know, people give me cars. I was driving. I was on my street. I live in this little neighborhood. There's like six houses. It's a dead end. It's a little tiny town out in the woods, and. I think I was like aligning my steering wheel or something. So I was going slow in my street, driving perfectly straight. I took the steering wheel off and kind of centered it and put it back on. And my neighbor came running out. And I had the car for a year or two at this time. He was like, hey, is this thing a diesel? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my aunt used to have a 77 diesel rabbit that she'd drive me in when I was a kid and take me to like ride horses or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, I fucking hated that car. I was like, oh, all right. He's like, well, uh, he's a he's a guitar player too, actually, and he's like, I have a friend Ron that plays bass that has like twenty cars in the woods, and he's got one of these things. It's a pickup truck. And I was like, Oh, really? He's Ooh. like, Yeah. He I told him that you have this, and he said if you can go get that, you can have it. And I was like, Hell yeah! Wow. So it was a free rabbit pickup. Clint gave me a rabbit pickup. Uh, I got another rabbit pickup free from my friend Dan. I I've got a GTI out of a junkyard for two hundred bucks. That was a race car. Just anything that was around and not expensive, it needed to come home with me. <laughs> to be fair, though, now you explain it like that. Like, if I was in your shoes, I don't blame you, and, and that's probably what I would do as well. Like, if these things just basically landed on my lap in, like, that way, like, yeah. it's so easy. And I'm, I'm assuming you've got the room for it now. And... I don't. Okay. That's the problem. <laughs> I live on a quarter of an acre of land, my backyard is set up for my kids. It's got playscapes and stuff. I have a one-car garage that I used to stick two cars in, and I've got a, a gravel driveway that's enough to fit, like, two cars end-to-end with six cars in it. Right. Wow. And my van's not even here. The biggest car is not here. I've just got my three rabbits and my daily driver Mark IV here. But, like, I used to have, like, Clint's green rabbit truck used to be in my backyard for, like, a year before he touched it. He He brought it up here and just left it at my house along with that half that he turned into a trailer that uh, Winfred has. I had my Mercedes in the backyard. I would buy rabbits and stash them back there, hoping my girlfriend didn't see them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, I, I had, I think, 12 or 13 cars on my property at once. And the town law says you can have two cars without license plates. And I think, like, one of my cars did have a license plate and everything else wasn't registered. <laughs> so they started sending, you know, fees and fines and... I'd get angry letters, and I had to Jeez. scale back. But really, a lot of people ask me, like, how do you find these things? Where do you get them? I have low standards. I will take anything. And <laughs> if you are good to people, they'll be good to you. So I mm. I like to give people deals because I'm, I'm not into this stuff for much money. It's a lot of the stuff, like I'll pay 100 bucks for a part, and they'll give me six other things with it, and those things will find new homes to, with people. So mm. usually if you treat someone well, they'll offer you a deal. So that's worked out well for me for a long time. I've gotten a lot of deals from friends, people who've hooked me up with cars. I'm also just stupid, and I'll just buy anything, really. <laughs> well, you're so. talking on, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you're talking on, like, things that I've 
just mentioned on a few podcasts that I haven't actually released yet. So at the time of recording this, like I'm sat on like maybe three to four unreleased podcast episodes. And in oh, okay. the previous the previous ones to this, like I do talk a lot about the community and I don't necessarily, you know, tell people what to do in in a way that like, you know, I'm not saying, oh, if everyone would be generous, you know, the world would be a better place. It's not that. It's me just talking about what I really enjoy and what, you know, if how do I put this? I mean, we can talk about the community if you want to. Um, but of course, I would love to hear more about your rabbit stories and stuff. But I was basically touching on what you were saying. Like, I'm against people like hoarding loads of things and just keeping it for themselves. And I'm not just I'm not talking about like just one or two like prized possessions. I'm talking about bins and bins of parts that are just like one man's trash is another man's treasure type thing. Right. And they're like reluctant to let go of things. Whereas and I think go on. I think that happens sometimes, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it used to be. Because mm. there used to be a lot of the guys that would buy every rare part you've ever seen or just really cool stuff. And they'd be a collector, but they'd, they'd give you a really hard time about trying to let go of some of that stuff. Mm. And uh, I know a guy that I thought was like that, and he ended up like being really nice. And I bought a new old stock Claude's Buggies valve cover from him for cheap, which is it's pretty rare these days. Mm. Um, but like, there's a lot of people who have huge collections of parts, maybe older guys. My friend Josh, he's got... He's got tons. He's got like 30 totes behind his barn. His barn's packed with parts. He's got so much stuff. But if you go to him and you're like, hey, Josh, I'm looking for a, a cluster for a 78 Scirocco. He's like, oh, I have six. You can have them all. I don't want them. Wow. He's, you know, there's a lot of people that are really like, you just got to start the conversation and, and ask for stuff and, and let your needs be known. Yeah. Um, like I know a lot of people that are afraid to post, oh, I'm looking for this. I need this part. I can't find this part. I'm like, that's, I do that all the time and it's always worked out. Someone's got it. Mm. So I, I I advise that strongly. Yeah, I guess but I guess I'm kind of referencing like the people in the UK. Like I've I've spoken like off like on on Facebook Marketplace and stuff like that, and I've seen I've seen what a few people have got, and I just it's just mountains and mountains of parts, like all these the little plastic things for like UK golfs and caddies and stuff. But it's like. I get, and maybe you can agree or disagree. I don't know, but do you think that's part of the reason why, like little parts like this, are so expensive and really hard to get hold of? Is because someone has noticed that these things are getting rarer and rarer, and they think, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get all of them, and uh, I'm gonna bump up the price and see if I can make a profit here. Do you think that's part of the problem? I I can't speak to the UK market just because I'm not I'm not a part of it. I don't know. Mm. I don't I don't deal with a lot of people from the UK. Um, but in the states, I think the problem is like p- people have been enthusiasts about these cars since they are brand new. Mm. So a lot of stuff has not had any value and been thrown away, or they just it's not worth the time for them to save something or to pull something out of a car to junkyard or whatever. So like like I've gotten seats. I'll take a seat in. A, a tombstone from 1980 that is trashed and someone's like why do you have that 
I'm like, well, yeah, the, the seat cover's destroyed, but it's got a good frame. It's got good foam. The little mm. switch on the side to fold it forward is in beautiful shape. And I don't have those in my cars. Somebody wants that stuff. It's, it's hard to find because no one cared about it for such a long time. And even it didn't occur to me for a long time. Uh, back in the day, 20 years ago or so, nobody wanted early cars. Swallowtails, 7778s, early Westies were junk. They're parts cars. They wanted late Westies. They especially wanted GTIs, and everything else was scrap metal. So that's wow. why like, a lot of people say, oh, these the early cars are so rare. They made less. They didn't – I don't know the production numbers. They, didn't, they couldn't have made a ton less, but they were junk. No one wanted them. If you look at – I've been on a kick of watching uh, YouTube videos of like H2O and all those shows from like 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it's a lot of late Westies. You'll see a couple of round headlight cars. Most of them are just swapped GTIs with round headlights. But there's nothing early. There's very few prominent early rabbits from back in the day. Because a lot of them, like, people didn't like the looks. or I don't know why. They look way better. But right. they just got thrown away. So and, and with them went a lot of the parts. So that's why it's so hard to find, especially, like, Swallowtail-specific parts or, or 1980-specific parts. And the little stuff, because no one wanted the little stuff. They didn't care about it. It wasn't worth anything. So who the hell is going to save it? Hmm. Well, yeah, I suppose you're right there, mate. Like, I, and these are this is things that I, I suppose I didn't really think of, or, or you know, I didn't know that about back in the day, like how people didn't really see the early Westie as being this desirable thing that people really are into nowadays. You know, if I, a lot of the people that I speak to, especially in America, I'm, I'm like, okay, what, what's your dream? I, I think very, very early on in the on the podcast, I said, you know what. If you could have a dream Volkswagen, what would it be? And they're always like, oh, yeah, it's got to be an early Westie. It's got to be right. an early Westie. And I think one of the things that contributes to that is early Westies, they had the cool colors, they had the cool interiors, they look cool. They're visually really awesome. And I'm I'm a 1980 guy. All three of my rabbits are 1980s. I'd rather have an early Westie than anything. But mm. the late Westies drive way better. They break way better. They feel way better. It's the same car, but it's, for some reason, a way better feeling car. And back 20 years ago, that's mattered a lot. And now, I don't like to speak on social media and what other people's interests are, but but it's possible that like it's really easy to make an early Westie look really cool and really good, and they pop in photos, and mm. so they're being shared around a lot because like I could take a photo of my car, and I don't mean for it to be really cool, but like someone would be like, "Holy shit, that looks good," and they'll share it on a public page. Or they'll, you know, on one of those, like, just pictures of people's rabbits kind of deals. Um, right, and it can yeah. blow up and be like, oh, my God, this pops so cool. I got to have Mountain Green. And then the desire for the early Westie goes up. And all the people who don't know so much are like, oh, man, the early Westie is the coolest thing ever. When really, like, they're great. But, like, the wiring sucks. And they're old and shitty. And mm. the, I mean, the headliners are better than a late Westie. But a late, a late Westie is a better car for a lot of reasons. Hmm. I've heard I'm that. still going to own a bunch of early stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've definitely heard that. I've heard that the wiring on the late Westies are better. Um, and like you say, the braking and all that, it's better or upgraded, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's really the same parts. Like it's exactly the same calibers and stuff. I don't know why it feels better. Mm. Maybe it's just my cars. I don't know. Oh, wow. I'd love to see. I, you know, I don't know if we can make it happen here in the UK, but I'd love to see a video, a YouTube video of someone comparing an early Westie to a late Westie, like uh, everything, like a, a fucking YouTube series of someone, maybe um, uh, Poli 
Polly can do that for us or someone who who else does YouTube over in the uh, James Cooper Rider. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, someone could do like a comparison of late Westy versus early Westy. Noticeable differences, interior, exterior. Obviously, there's plenty of noticeable differences, but like yeah. driving uh, experience, I would, you know, braking tests and, and driving tests. Like, I'd love to see that. I, I don't think that's ever been done. Um, I don't think so. I think it's certainly possible. The problem mm. is finding stock or not terribly modified cars to compare. Yeah. And also finding a Swallowtail, a 77, a 78, an early Westy, uh, a late Westy, and like a GTI. Like, you know, getting all those examples in stock form. Mm. Like I've had, I had a 79 German, a couple 80s, and a couple 81s here. And it was cool because you could see all the different, you know, changes, variations, options, whatever. But none of them were stock, really, or original, yeah. I guess you could say, or nice. That would be um, that would be the challenge is to find one that's unfucked and unmolested. Yeah. Uh, that but I would be. I would love to see that because I'm super into all the little differences and all the mm. options and stuff. Like we've talked, I've sent you pictures of brochures and I like yeah, this factory information because a lot of people can say, oh, it had this and this and this. This is an option. Um, we just spoke about. Holden Cook was talking about there being a, a farm option on his truck that gave him tow mirrors. That's fascinating. I hope that that's true, but it'd be really cool to see a dealership brochure, factory documentation proving that stuff. Mm, Not that yeah. I disbelieve, but like just that makes it so much cooler for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm a big fan of the history. Like when when Clint came on and did that history episode, I was like hanging on every sentence. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool to learn. He and I have literally had that exact conversation that you guys had on the podcast mm. in the parking lot of Five Guys outside of Madness last year. And still, that that episode was so fascinating. I listened to that like three times. It's yeah. the coolest. I was actually just talking to Tim um, because that's the most recent episode that's been uploaded. And he messaged me when he saw us coming on. And I told him, like, your episode was awesome. It was super long. I loved it. I work mm. 8, 10, 12-hour days, so it's nice to have long podcasts to listen to mm. work. Um, so it's it's creeping up on, on surpassing Clint's history episode for me. But, man, I love learning about all that cool old factory stuff and information that's just not out there. I had him send me the Vortex link immediately, and I've been reading all this stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. I'm still yet to find someone who will is willing to come on the podcast and talk history, like specific, like, just talk about the history like clint did with when he came on um i know that um and i'm i'm hoping we can make this happen but i don't know if you're if you're familiar with mike reed shout out to mike if you're listening because he's of on course a, yeah mark one mike yes he is on a one hell of a road trip right now uh leaving oregon i believe and going to ending up in mark one madness uh, maybe somewhere else but i think he's stopping along the way i think he's you know selling people parts and stuff and he's I think he's going to Poplin's farm and stuff. I think he's going anywhere. I know for a fact that he is going to Captain Morgan's to stay for Ooh. a bit. And I remember months ago, me and Mike were talking and said, he said, I'm doing this big trip. I'm going to go to Morgan's house um, and I'm going to try and get him to come onto the podcast. And I was like, dude, that would be amazing because, and he was just saying how uh, Morgan is, isn't like, tech savvy or something and right uh, he's he's oh, sort of elderly so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i can totally respect and understand his situation but uh hopefully 
uh, when Mike goes over, he can help set up and we could get like a Captain Morgan podcast episode. Yeah, um, I don't. Do you listen to People's Car podcast at all? I have I have listened to that episode. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, I was gonna say they got him on, but it was he was at a show that they were at, so they're like, "Hey, come over here and talk to us." Yeah. So I, I think mean, that's, that's kind of like, what needs to happen. Maybe Mike can be the middleman and, and get him. Yeah. Set up. That's what I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that I can do like a Captain Morgan episode, and I'm hoping it will be six or seven hours long. Um, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Bless, but yeah, I, I'm super excited. That's just that is a, like a bucket list episode for me. I would love to have him on just to be able to pick, not necessarily pick his brains, because I imagine that's what everybody wants to do is like just yeah. ask question after question. But I would just want to have a chat with someone who who was there. You know, yeah. just, just, yeah, he, he's he had an incredible life apparently and uh, yeah. would love to get him on to allow him to tell his story. That'd be great. And the uh, thing that I love about Morgan is we've, we've heard a lot of his, his stories that have been shared around and stuff and they're fascinating and I love his perspective. Mm. But the coolest thing about him is that he lived a life outside of these rabbits previous to, to making them. And he was mm. into super custom cars and custom bodywork and paint and stuff. And I want to know his process of how he builds the cars that he builds. Like he did that tan rabbit that I, unfortunately I wasn't at the madness that he went to, so I haven't seen it, but he's had the cool jet project for years. That's that Mark two Jetta. He's doing the long hair. That's a rabbit pickup. And, uh, is it, I think it's Mark one Mike that runs a page uh, on Instagram of, uh, that's right. Yeah. Captain's right. projects or whatever. Yeah. And I love the things he's doing the engine bay, the, the painted, uh, timing belt cover is such an old school thing that no one's done in 10 years mm -hmm. or whatever yeah and valve cover and just the the things that he thinks to do are really cool and if you are able to get on the podcast i'd really love for him to talk about his process and the way that he thinks and the way that he determines the modifications he's going to make same that's just such cool stuff oh yeah same he's such an inspiration just we've talked about people having inspirations on the podcast a lot and uh, normally people immediately go to like vehicles that have inspired them not necessarily the people so for example right. when i first told the story about you know how i saw the mount the mountain green truck that was ben quitex at the time right. that was an inspiration to me but i think now that i really think about it ben was the inspiration and and captain morgan is the inspiration it's not for the vehicles that they have as such but it's it's the 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 brains behind it like the the ability to just go you know what fuck it i'm gonna do this to it and it's like i that inspires me more than what does that make any sense like absolutely yeah it's it's you see this car that's really cool and you're like man that car is awesome and you love it and it becomes an inspiration but a lot of the times the reason it's cool is because it's different or they've done mm. something that you wouldn't have thought of and yes. it's that person's mind that that came up with this idea. Ben decided he wanted to gold flake his engine bay because he was inspired by fifties hot rods, and he wanted the velocity stacks. And mm. otherwise, the truck—I mean, it's got it's got unique wheels. It had those four spoke wheels, but I mean, it's 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 a rabbit pickup, and it didn't follow the mold that so many of us follow when building a car. It doesn't have the same suspension. It, he made mm -hmm. air suspension back when no one was doing that, and mm. and it has a unique engine. It's it's patina when patina wasn't popular, and it had the cool bay, and mm -hmm. it's that's his mind. That's the things that he thinks to do that people other people don't think of. I would never think to do that stuff, mm. and it's it's inspiring to see people break the mold and do something different and really make it work. Absolutely, mate, and absolutely, and I just think 
Morgan is right, right up there with the inspiration for me. Like just, just be because you listen to the way he talks, and it's just like that is so refreshing. Do you know what I mean? So refreshing. Yeah. You know, I think, and I'm not, I'm not here to fucking shit on anybody in the community or anybody listening to this, but you know, you'll obviously hear people telling the telling their story about how they got their rabbit or what they've done to it. You see it on Instagram. Like I'm going to fucking throw an ABA in here. Watch me do this. Bit up, bop, bop, done. Yeah. I'm gonna throw these wheels on it. It's going to look fucking sick, mate. And that's about it. That's as far as it goes. Maybe they'll dabble in some other things, but, and that's yeah. great. That's fine. That's perfect. I, you know, I'm not shitting on you. I'm just saying when uh, you see like the likes of Morgan's doing like these fucking crazy body work this crazy body work and putting things from other vehicles like I, I can't remember what vehicle it was but he was like i'm gonna put this bumper on here and i wrap it round. i'm gonna cut it here and i do this i'm gonna put these on it i'm gonna do these gauges and i was just like fuck me man yeah like, the, the thought process of that you're not just you're not thinking about putting things on this vehicle that works and fits you're thinking right i like the this on this vehicle how can i put it on the rabbit Right. Or how can I put it on this chassis? Whatever. Yeah. It's so cool to even see something, even something that doesn't work on the vehicle it's on. You'd be mm. like, oh, but that shape or that color or, or that design would work really cool on this boxy piece of shit. Mm. So like he's like he's putting taillights from I don't know, Corvair or something weird. C ten. I don't remember what the hell they are. Some weird taillights in the in the long hair. Mm-hmm. And like to see that and be like, all right, I, that looks like it might be narrow enough to fit in the stock holes if I do a little body work, but it's a cool shape and a cool pattern. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh there's a guy here who's been on the podcast. Um Matt uh oh, fuck I'm butchering it. Matt Butler. And Okay, he, yeah. He's got the fucking craziest Volkswagen UK caddy I've ever seen. And I remember he was on the podcast. He's got a video on YouTube and on the the tail lights, he's got tail lights from a Cadillac because he was really into like the low rider scene and he's, Oh, okay. Instead of like you know, pickup truck taillights. He's got actual Cadillac taillights on the back. That's cool. And I I just thought, you know what? Like, he's made it work because he's going, his brain process, he's he's just gone, okay, I like this. How can I get it onto this truck? Rather than, I'm just going to get things that are already fit and they already fit. I'm going to just tint those or I'm going to do this a different color. But I love seeing people just like we've mentioned like i'm gonna fucking put this on here and i'm gonna i'm gonna work out a way how i can bend this to shape or whatever and cut this and weld it onto this and it's gonna look banging i think there's so much to be said for the the customization is again not to shit on anybody who is just going because i'm one of these people that i'm just like right i just need a truck that works it needs to be a daily I need to have reliable parts and it needs to work. I'm not going to venture out and try and do some crazy customization. Yeah. And that's fine. It's absolutely fine. But like I said, it's great when you see some custom builds. It really is. Um, Yeah. And the the coolest part is when someone does something that's crazy and out of the box and unique, but it works and it appeals to all these people who aren't going to do that stuff, but they recognize it like, man, that's different and that's awesome. I Mm. love that stuff. Now, we're talking about inspiration, and this question was going to come later, but I thought I'd bring it uh, forward. Who inspires you, other than the people that we've talked about already, but who who inspires you 
in so the- I, I have a lot of inspiration. There's a lot of really cool people doing really cool things. So I'm going to try to narrow it down to some people that I know or some people that are especially big influences on me. Mm. Um, recently, big inspiration, big motivator, big reason I'm doing so much in my car is the fucking Monster Rabbit podcast. So oh, thank you, Dan. No, <laughs> For real, I've listened to every episode. I put so many on. I just stick my phone on my windshield and I'll fucking do something little while I'm listening or like, you know, make a little bit of progress. And that's a big deal for me. So thank you for that. Dude, guys, um, I did not I did not pay him to say that at all. That is lit. <laughs> Dude, I, I appreciate that. You uh you anytime didn't, man. you didn't have to say that. But no, seriously, who who is who is inspiring you? Like who So um Clint's been a long time inspiration for me. Of course. Um, of he's course. just he's been a, he's one of my absolute dearest friends and I love him so much and he has helped me a ton. He is the right before we went to 40s I told you about it's a long drive. Mm. I had an original 4 speed in my car. I could do like 50 and I'm not driving 11 hours at 50 miles an hour. So he stayed up till like 3 or 4 in the morning with me at his shop swapping a 5 speed in. He stayed up till like 1 in the morning helping me put a bunch of blown up 16s in my car and it died and he's he's been a great help he's an amazing human being and i'm sad that he's not here it sucks that like i used to be able to drive 20 minutes and go hang out with clint all night whenever i felt like and Mm -hmm. he's 20 22 hours away or whatever i don't get to see him very much but i love so much what he's doing i'm really inspired by he's living the life that i wish i was able to live that i don't have the balls to do he Mm. just he moved to Florida, to be left alone, to have his freedom, to do what he wanted, to do some really cool stuff. He's he's not even doing all that much Volkswagen stuff anymore. He's doing so many Mercedes turbo diesel swaps. Mm. That's not, I love it. It's cool. It's not something that I'm into. It's something I've done. I don't think I could afford to do it. But like, he's doing what the hell he wants. And he's mm. doing really cool stuff. And he's doing quality work. And he is a quality human. And he just always has really motivated me he's been helpful he's been a good friend even outside of cars he's just a good person to know yeah um, I, I second that so it's been, he's been talked about before matt rad is an inspiration for me mm. um when i first got my car i didn't know too much about rabbits there's been a few iconic cars that i'd seen and like were cool like of course i've seen justin torres's truck and you know i've seen the famous cars from the mid 2010s um mm. So Matt Rabb, he's been in the scene forever. Um, he has a white 77 rabbit called the Recycle Rabbit. Right. Um, that has a, it's on the outside, it's just an ABA swap. It's just coils and wheels. It's, you know, cool patina. Shouldn't be that cool. But Matt Rad is a really talented fabricator. So the way he did his ABA swaps really cool. He built this crazy header that like goes up and then back down and showcases the 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 primary tubes and it's cool. And he made a short runner intake, which most people will just weld. They'll cut like the intake manifold off and weld a tube to it. But he made the short runner out of the original intake manifold. So it's a cool shape and it says the VW 2.0 on it. Yes, um, that's right. I remember talking to him about that. Right, and he yes. did it. It's painted, it's clean, it's beautiful. He can show it. And then the wheels, they're just stock Porsche 944 cookie cutters, 15 by 7, made by ATS. They don't fit on rabbits at all. They kind of can if you get a shitload of camber. So he's like, I want these wheels. They don't fit. I'll make them fit. And he fabricated his own narrowed control arms and narrowed axles. And that was the first time I'd seen someone like 
do like this is what I want and it doesn't work normally and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to use my fabrication skills to make this car the way I want it. Mm. And the Recycle Rabbit has been a really long time inspiration for me. But like we spoke about, it's not the car, it's the person and their skill and their desire and and what they want. And so that was that's always been really cool. So I don't know, Matt. I've seen the car one time in person at Madness last year. I didn't talk to him. He was ripping around his dirt bikes the whole time. But <laughs> he seems like a really cool guy. Oh, um, yeah. So like we spoke about earlier, Matt Rad is also good friends with Matt Murray, Iron Trap. Um, so the first rabbit I saw that I really loved was Matt Murray's VR5 Swallowtail. I was looking up something on google i don't know looking up cool rabbits or like slammed mark one or something dumb i don't know and i saw a picture of a of a blue rabbit sitting on top of a horde giant pile of garbage at a junkyard just teetering up there and i think the car was in color but the rest of the photos in black and white i may be misremembering i was like man that's cool as shit that's a cool picture and i clicked on it and it was a vortex thread matt was really big on vortex um and it was a build thread for that car. And he put it on airbags in like, I, I'm going to guess 2007, 2009, 2011. I don't remember. Uh, he put it on airbags. He kind of did what Poplin does. He, he machined down a set of Porsche wheels to put a three-piece wheel like lip on it uh, and make it fit because it's a 5 by 130 pattern. You're going to have spacers. It pokes out way too far. So instead of narrowing the car, he just cut the lip off and put a shorter lip on it. Kind of like what mm. Matt Rad did, almost, but not quite. Um, but he did a VR5 swap, which I didn't even know existed. It's a European Mark IV engine. Um, just did a really cool job. I read the build thread. I was like, man, rabbits are cool. And this was like when I had my van. Like, I didn't know shit about water-cooled cars. Right, okay. Um, so, on top of that, he's he's had so many really, really cool cars. Um, he had a bagged VR6-swapped uh, EA edition Cabriolet. The maroon one, he had a Audi 100S Coupe that there's only six of in the United States. He had a really beautiful silver Scirocco that he took to H2O in like 2009 um, that he put like big 16-inch wheels on when no one was doing that, which is what I have in my car now. Um, he's just, and he's he's a really cool guy. He's really into parts. He's moved on. He does um, a lot of vintage hot rods. Like He has Model A hot rods and stuff. A lot of old school and he builds them the way they were built in the 50s like people today they'll throw a ls v8 and whatever but he's using like a 1952 cadillac engine in a 1931 ford um he's doing what he did with volkswagens but with vintage hot rods now and i think that's really cool and mm -hmm. he he kind of transcended a lot of people that i know are into rabbits and they think they're really cool and like cool become friends they're into rabbits and then they move away and they're into you know, Chevys, or they get into Japanese cars, or they're into air cool. And I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. It bums me out when someone gets into something that I'm into and then kind of loses interest. Dude, but dude. Matt didn't quite talk, transcend it. Let's just talk about, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. What you just said, like, okay, so Ben Quitek was well into uh, Volkswagens, probably still is, but right. I've talked to him every now and then. And it's he's taught you know, he's working on other things like you say all the American hot rod stuff. Uh, yeah. Lest we forget um, that Aaron, who used to do this podcast with me, the Scottish right. guy. Yep. Fucking just moved on to Hondas again. Like, yeah, I saw his truck for sale, and then he's posting Civics now. I'm like, man. Yeah, man. It, oh, let's not bring the podcast down, but like, right. <laughs> 
that happened. It's it's just like what the fuck? Why? 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 Yeah. Just 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 <laughs> you just want to strangle people and say just fucking love the Volkswagen and don't leave the community. Just fucking yeah. stay with us. I have a lot of other interests. I've I've owned a couple of seventy Chevy trucks and I love them and they're super cool. Mm. And I'm in, I'm still kind of into the American stuff and I'm into other Volkswagens. I'd love to own other stuff, but like. I think no matter what I do, what I get into, the cars that I build, I'm always going to have Mark 1s. I don't think I could ever leave that. It's just it's the perfect car. When people are like, what is your dream car? My dream car is a mountain green 1982 door Rabbit on cool wheels with a 1.6 turbo diesel. And that's exactly what I have. That is Boom. what I want. That is, I've never seen anything cooler to me. Mm. Um, I've seen a lot of really cool stuff, but nothing has ever excited me the way that's that me. car has. That's me, man. And it, you, know, you come over here to the UK and it's... Very rare that someone has like a, a a Mark One as their one and all. Like everybody's got a you know a, a reliable modern daily, and and then the Mark One is like just something that they bring out on a sunny day, or it's always a, a project car. You know, I'm yeah. only I'm speaking like broadly, that but there are there are specific people that are aren't like that. But uh, you know, most of the people here, they you know the Mark One is just something that's on the side and it will always be on the side but i'm right. much like you the, the the 1980 is the fucking dream it's and people don't understand it they're like really that's your dream and you know i'll ask you can hear it you go back on the podcast episode you can hear me ask people like what's your four car garage look like you know what's your four dream cars and uh they list off all these other vehicles porsche comes up and fucking this modern vehicle here this audi that and it's just like what like okay fair enough and they laugh when i say oh yeah mine's my pickup i've already got it it's like <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's refreshing it's, to hear you people don't that. understand it but they're they're the coolest man mm. <laughs> absolutely sorry before i i cut you off sorry where were you i'm so sorry uh i'm just gonna go for a couple more of my inspirations yes go for it um so i mentioned him previously my my very good high school friend david the one that drove me up to meet Clint the first time. Um, he, I think we, we started talking senior year of high school. He had known a couple of Volkswagen people. I didn't really, I had my Mark IV in my van, but like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And he got into E30s. He had a, a 87 325 that was a piece of shit. It was like six different shades of black. The interior was torn apart. It was like a base model. And he built it up to be really cool he built an engine for it it's a stroker had a big cam had a gnarly exhaust it was fast and loud and rowdy and crazy and after high school i started ripping it i'm like man this is the coolest fucking car in the world but he was always into volkswagen he was a volkswagen guy that like you know was also in the 30s so he found he was at like a uh what's it called stop and shop walmart uh grocery store he's a grocery store mm. supermarket and in the parking lot was this 1980 Rabbit, and this old lady was driving it. And it was bone stock. It had, like, shitty AutoZone hubcaps on it. And it was gorgeous. So nice. It had a big-ass rot hole right where the antenna goes because it's a sunroof car, and the drain's clogged, and they rot right there. But otherwise, it was, like, spotless. So we went up to her, and he's like, what? Sell me this. Like, you got to sell me this car. And she's like, no, no, no. It was my husband's car. We bought it new. I'll never sell it. So he's like, okay, whatever. If you ever sell it, let me know. And like two years went by and she's like, all right, you know, I'm getting too old. It's a diesel manual. I, she had to be 80. She's like, I don't want to drive this anymore. 
I'm willing to sell it. So he bought it and drove it for a while. And uh, it's it's got an immaculate interior. He never touched it. It's original interior. It's spotless. It smells new. Like, it's gorgeous. And so that was my introduction to early Westies, was riding around in that car just after high school. And, like, we just tool around. We didn't have a lot of money. It was like he had, like, shitty coilovers on it and stock steelies for a while. And uh, he's built it into something amazing. It ha- he put a 1.6 turbo diesel in it. Uh, he's actually moved away from diesels and now has like a like a big cam 1.8 liter JH engine with a carb um, that's cool and rowdy and fun. Wow. And he he really helped me out when I first got my car. When I found my car, I found it on the side of the road and I saw it and I saw what it was and I got underneath it and I called him like I bought a Mountain Green. He's like, you did what? I'm like, well, I mean, I I didn't I found one. I didn't buy it yet, but I'm buying a Mountain Green. He's like, Come <laughs> on. I'm like, I don't know. It's just sitting here. I don't know if it's for sale, but I have to have it. And uh, so he, he's been awesome, but he is, he's really backed away from the community. Uh, he owns his rabbit and drives it in a little bit, but he's gotten into oval track racing. He races the mini stock class and he has a Scirocco race car and he is so into it and so passionate about it. I don't care about racing, but I've supplied him with parts. He's trying to buy my engine. I'm going to go to as many races as I can. Just because I love this dude and I love what he's doing and I love how into it he is. Mm. He's taught me about all sorts. I didn't grow up watching NASCAR or anything, and he did. And he's taught me, like, the whole history of NASCAR. And this driver's cool because of this. And look at what this guy did in 1982 and all this stuff. It's really cool. So he's been an inspiration for me. He was just here the other night trying to give me everything he owns for – I have a a really well-built mini stock engine in my garage that I don't want to sell, but I think he's going to end up with it. Um, But he's just been really cool. So, real quick, a couple more. Uh, Evan Sloat, Evan88VW on Instagram, has the coolest rabbit ever. It's a, I want to say a Bali Green 78 two-door. He does not post any pictures of it ever because he built a cool car for himself, and he doesn't give a shit if you like it. He's just going to drive it around and have fun. And Clint is always posting pictures of it as well as Evan's girlfriend. Um just because it's cool and people should see it and i love it it's breathtaking in person it's just oh, you, a cool sorry. color you mean clint clint wasn't posting pictures of evan's girlfriend he no was clint playing. was clint evan's girlfriend's clint's girlfriend everyone's girlfriend is clint's girlfriend oh so Cl- okay so evan's girlfriend was posting pictures not clint posting pictures of evan's girlfriend <laughs> no, Clint. Well, okay, sorry. So around that this time, we see Evan, and Clint will post a p- bunch of pictures of himself with Evan's girlfriend, just to be funny. Oh, um, right. Okay, I'm with you now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he's just got a beautiful car. I love it. He did a great job. It's just it's a green rabbit with a cool stripe on BBSRSs, and it's low, and it fits perfect, and it's really shiny and cool. Um, Walter Poplin is mm. everyone says walter poplin's an inspiration because he's fucking amazing i've never met walter uh we have we've spoken on instagram he's been really nice he gave me uh i'm also into uh old school 80s honda like four wheelers and stuff as is he he has a huge collection of like dirt bikes and four wheels and three wheelers and go-karts so madness last year clint saw him a couple days before and poplin gave me a gas tank and a seat to finish up one of my four wheelers it was just nice of him um but he has, he's an inspiration to me because he's a really 
unique taste. He's into a lot of different things. He's got all those Peugeots that no one gives a shit about, but he's still going to post 500 stories because he thinks they're <laughs> cool. And I think they're cool, and I like that. I like when people are into something that I'm not into, but they're really passionate about it, and they're, they're willing to share it. Mm. But he's also always helping people. That's been said so many times. He's always giving people advice, teaching people things, giving them information, showing them this is what is supposed to be in your car. I have three in the woods that my cows live in or, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> as well as the OEM splits thing is super cool because that's people forever talked about like, man, I wish I had 15 inch rabbit steelies. And he's like, Hey guys, I have the ability to do that. It's not going to cost me an arm and a leg. Uh, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg either. Cause I'm just going to cut your wheels in half for free and help you out. And that's mm. awesome. That's the greatest thing. Well, he's the I, coolest dude in the world. I am a, a structural fabricator welder kind of guy um so i can i can weld pretty all right and i would love to do something like that where i build parts for people or if you know they need, they need narrow control arms send me control arms and i'll narrow them whatever i want to do something like that but with skills that i have and i can pass on to people mm. um so he's been an inspiration that way um and then the last one is uh chris lacombe i've never met him i've been in the vicinity of him so many times He's from Canada, and he drives his stupid little Volkswagens all the way to Madness all the time. He's always coming to the States. He came down a couple weeks ago for, like, a three-hour car show in Connecticut, which is, like, I don't know, super far, 18 hours or something. He just wanted to see his friends. So he got in his cabbie, and he crossed the border, and he drove all the way out here, and he saw us for a couple hours, and he drove all the way back home. And that's super cool. He is so into it he's so passionate and he's, he just wants to have a good time with his friends and that's what having these cars is all about it's about driving them to go see your friends and yeah. have a good time and so he inspires me because of that that is my that's my little list a hundred percent man a hundred percent and i th i think um it's fair to say like with the majority of everybody that you've mentioned and uh, i talk about this quite a lot as well is that they're all so consistent with what they do they're so yeah. consistent whether they're sharing it or not they're so consistent and that is what i guess makes a person like a better welder or a better fabric whatever however you want to do it like consistency is yeah. so key like yeah. every day you can bet you're gonna see uh walter uh just showing us him slicing some wheels in half or like you say going around and on his fucking tractor point of view shot of his tractor uh or whatever it's you you know every day you're going to get consistent um content from him and yeah. it's consistent with how nice and generous he is and it's just <sighs> obviously people shouldn't take advantage like by like poplin has helped me out massively sent me a fucking big old box of tan stuff Oh yeah, and he just ripped out of a, a 1980 um, rabbit, and I was like, "Fuck!" And he did it in the fuck. It was like snowing, I think. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. The... It was covered in snow. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck me, man!" And it's like, if you were to ask someone to do that here in the UK, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. unheard of. So when I was uh, exposed to that that kind of generosity, it like knocked me for six. Like yeah. I was like, holy shit, there's people that exist like this in the world. And, you know, ridiculous. Uh, I'm not going to give too much away, but I'm going to be, I'm going to hopefully repay Poplin in a really good way 
and uh, won't give any hints or anything like that. But uh, yeah, yeah just watch. This I'm story. sure he'd appreciate that. I I know he'll never ask and he'll never expect, but mm. I think he'd appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, I okay. You mentioned the mountain green rabbit and like the origin. You've kind of touched on that. It, does that right. have an interesting story? You saw it on the side of a road. Yeah, I suppose it does. Um, so like I mentioned, my state is fortunate to have some really cool little Volkswagen shows. Um, mm-hmm. So I started going to them uh, 2013, 2014, just to just to learn about them, to see the van one. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've gone to the Terryville Bug Affair every single year since because that's the that's the like the premier show in my state. But it's it's mostly old uh, air cooled. It's like ninety percent Beatles, right? Um, but they've got you know water cool stuff. So they have a really good swap meet. So I go, I show up like the second the gates open. I run through the swap meet. I buy all the parts I can. So when I bought my Mark II, uh, I was hitting that swap meet like you wouldn't believe. And I'd buy anything that was a Mark II part that was not super expensive. I needed to take home. I bring like six hundred bucks and I just buy a bunch of shit. So that's actually how I met my friend Josh is I bought a shift knob off him for like $5. And I'm like, oh, do you have like a shift boot? And he's like, yeah, I got one in my house. Why don't you come by after? And I went to his house. Little did I know he has like the most amazing collection of cars and parts and rare things I'd ever seen and still have ever seen. Wow. Um, But so, okay, so I'm at the Terryville Bug Affair in two, August of 2016. I go to the swap meet. The swap meet sucks. It's 103 degrees. I am sweating out of my eyeballs and I didn't want to be there. And that was our first year of a show called Fieldworks up in Massachusetts. It's put on by a bunch of friends of ours. It's a really cool little show. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's like 10 in the morning. I'm going to pack up. We're going to drive like two hours north and go to Fieldworks and we'll catch the end of it, see some cool cars, whatever. It'll be, it'll be cool. So, so I leave the Terryville Bug Affair show and uh, on the way in, there's some construction on one of the main roads. So they take in a detour so there's a different detour going the way back. So I pull in this weird little side road and I'm driving down and there's this big, it's a parking lot, but it's all uphill and it kind of ends flat at the top. And there's a big unmarked brick building with a U-Haul truck that's being loaded in front of it. And in the parking lot, there's like 25 square body Chevys. And then right in front of them is a Dasher Coupe, a Rabbit pickup, and a mountain green two-door Rabbit diesel. And I, I wasn't looking. I had my girlfriend and my brother in the car, but I saw the sun like reflect off the headlight. And I glanced real quick, and I saw Volkswagen. I am pretty sure I ripped the e-brake in the middle of the street, and I like, whipped in there. Like, oh my god, a rabbit! So it's you know I've seen them. You can you can find them on the side of the road here every once in a while. I know of a couple that are just you know in someone's yard or in a parking garage or whatever. They're around, but it was cool. It was an early Westie, so I pulled in and I looked at it and I'm like, man, this thing's pretty good. It was all stock, all original. The interior was decent. Uh, the dash was destroyed. Still is. It's terrible. But, like, it wasn't rotted to shit. So I'm climbing under it. I'm looking at it. And it's got it's got floors. And it's cool. And it's, like, got parts in it. So it looks like it might have been worked on. And that, so I called my friend David. I'm like, dude, I bought a Mountain Green. And he's like, you did? I'm like, no. I mean, I found one. But I'm going to buy it. And he's like, how much? I'm like, uh, it's not. I don't know. But I'm leaving a note on it. So I went in my car and I ripped up a Dunkin' Donuts bag and I wrote a note. I'm like, hi, my name's Ethan. I like Volkswagens. I have cash and a trailer and I can be here later today. I need to own this car. So I've done that a bunch. A lot of us have. You know, you'll leave a note on a door or in a car or wherever. 
in a mailbox and they don't usually call back um but so i went up to field works not really expecting much but i'm still kind of giddy and hopeful and i i checked out the show it was really cool they had like a burnout competition and a limbo and it was fun um and i'm walking out on the street to get my car my phone rings and it's an unknown number and i don't pick up for unknown numbers but i did because i'm like i'll have to know it's gotta be the rabbit and so it's a girl talking she's like is this ethan and i was like yeah she's like my name's cynthia i have that that little volkswagen you left a note on it and i was like yeah she's like well it's not it's my dad's car and i was like oh, okay and she's like and he died last week and i was like oh my god i'm sorry she's like so i have to sell all his stuff and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm listening. She's yeah. like, yeah, he uh, he was a hot rodder. He was into like Camaros and stuff back in the day. He loved building like big V8 muscle cars. But, you know, that gets three miles to the gallon. So he would buy diesel Volkswagens to daily drive in between, you know. And uh, I'm sure you've heard back in the day, you could get a rabbit for like $12 and a sandwich. Like no one, they weren't <laughs> worth shit. So he'd buy them up, you know, uh, someone would be getting rid of one. He'd find one that's broken down. You know, his friend would have one. He'd buy up anything he saw that was a diesel so he could daily drive it. And so he st- would stick them all. It was a, a storage facility was where I found it. He'd stick them all at a storage facility and all those cool square body Chevy trucks behind it were all engine swaps for his Camaros and stuff. It's like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And she's like, yeah. So, uh, I've actually already sold his one truck to somebody and i'm looking to sell these two there are these three volkswagens left pretty quick uh i've been talking to a friend though and he told me that that's a rare color and i shouldn't let it go cheap and i was like oh yeah i can only do cheap (laughs) so i'm like okay uh does it run she's like no somebody came by and says the engine seized up i'm like okay that's fine i don't care i just have to own it like i don't if it takes me forever to swap an engine in or get it running whatever i don't care what do you want for it and she's like, well, my friend told me I should ask $1,000. And I was like, okay. To most people, that's reasonable, but I'm 17. I don't have $1,000. Mm. I work a shitty job. I don't make any money. I've got a little bit saved up. I'm like, could you do like 500 bucks? She's like, I really think I should sell it for $1,000. i am like, could you do – I'm like, I'll, I'll come Tuesday, and I'll give you $600. And she said, I can work with that. So to me, I'm like, okay, $600. That's fair. That's good. I own a rabbit. Mm. So I, I think I borrowed money from people. I took a hundred bucks to my dad and like people, you know, I sold some stuff and I scrounged up 600 bucks and, uh, back to my friend, David, he worked at a, a towing company. So I'm like, dude, I need a car towed, but I'm not trying to pay for it. <laughs> and he's like, I owe my boss a favor. My boss will come pick it up for you. And I was like, hell yeah, he will. So I go, I drive <laughs> all the way out there. It's like an hour and a half from my house. And I hand her the $600. And I'm expecting her to give me paperwork, a title or whatever. She's like, okay, when can I get the other 400 I was like, what do you mean? She's like, for the 1000 I'm like, you said 600 She's like, yeah, it's a down payment. I was like, oh, shit. That didn't come across in the text. Mm. My heart dropped right out of my stomach. I'm like, I, I, I can't get $400. She's like, well... I've got a lot of other people interested, so I can just sell it unless you can come up with 400 bucks. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I got back in the car. My girlfriend's like, what's up? And I'm like, she she wants 1000 She thought the 600 was a down payment. And she's like, oh, no. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, it's a good thing I have 400 bucks. No way. Like, do you really? She's like, yeah, we can go to the bank and get it. So I jump out of the car. I'm like, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> And we ran and we went home and the bank was closed. But the next day we went to the bank and she, I borrowed $400 from her and she was a godsend. 
so I went back with a thousand dollars and I handed it to her. She's like, all right, here's the title or no, there's no title. She gave me a bill of sale and she gave me uh, probate court paperwork saying that it was her dad's. He died. It is her legal property and she's allowed to sell it, um, which is stamped by the court with like an embossed seal. And she photocopied that because that one paper said she owned all his stuff. She didn't have any copies. So she gave me a copy. So I take it home and I get it trailer, uh, uh, towed on a flatbed and they drop it off in the middle of the night. And uh, I'd known Clint for a couple of months at this time. And I'm like, hey, I bought this early Westy. And he's like, okay, when can I come over and work on it? And I was like, T today, why don't you come on over? And uh, so at the time he had that tan four door with the wood grain early Westy car that I loved and I wish he still had. Um, and he drove all the way down there and we're messing with it and it's got no radiator in it. And we like, he brought a radiator and then we put it in and it literally just fell apart the second it touched the car. So I found another one that was broken and we like put a weird little nipple on it to try to make it work and it leaked, but it worked. And uh, so he's like, does it run? I'm like, no, the engine sees. That's what the girl told me. And he's like, well, have you tried turning it over? And I was like, no. He's like, do you have a, like a breaker bar? We can turn it over by hand. I'm like, no. He's like, do you have a key and a battery? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to turn the key and it's either going to turn over or it's not and it's broken and that's what we expect i'm like okay that's fine and he turns the key to on and it warms the glow plugs up which still works somehow and he turns it to start and it fires up instantly idles beautifully runs amazing i was like holy shit wow i just bought this for non-running prices and i'm gonna drive it right now <laughs> and uh so I drove it around the yard a little bit. I'm like, this is the fucking coolest thing ever. And I parked it and I left it idling in front of my parents' barn. And all of a sudden it got way louder. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I went over there and the exhaust had broken in half, like right oh, before shit. the muffler. And I continued to leave it like that until like last year. <laughs> so really? <laughs> it was just it was just straight pipe, super crazy loud, naturally aspirated diesel for like five years. Wow. And I loved it. Um But so he was super helpful in he helped me five speed swap it. I think he helped me put the coilovers on it. Um, and I drove the shit out of that thing. I drove it to Vermont a couple of times. We took it to New York for 40s in a bag. I drove it to Pennsylvania after I swapped it. And I, I like daily drove the thing. I had a daily driver, a modern car, but I'd drive that thing as much as possible. I commuted it to work. Mm. I took it to if I had to go to the store. That was I drove that car like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, and then actually at the time I forgot to mention my girlfriend had a rabbit. She got her license a couple years after most people get their license. So I was already driving at the time and I was into cars. I had my Mark two. And so she's looking for her first car. And I'm like, why don't you get a shitty old Volkswagen as your first car instead of something that makes sense? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we were on Craigslist or whatever because Marketplace didn't exist at the time. And she narrowed it down between a 79 German diesel rabbit or an 86 Jetta gas automatic. And uh, so we're going back and forth on which one to look at. And she's like, well, why don't we look at the, the rabbit first? I like the rabbit the most. And if that doesn't work out, we'll go look at the Jetta. So we do. We go out there and turns out it's the same guy selling both cars. <laughs> They're like parked <laughs> right next to each other in his driveway. So... We drove the Rabbit around, and it was great. It was a 1.5. It had like 100,000 miles on it. It ran good. It shifted good. We drove it home. It was great. Um, and shit, I don't remember where I was going with this. What was I just talking about before this? So you're, you're looking for a car for your girlfriend? Yeah, right before that. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
so we had that for a while uh we had it here we had it at my parents house we had it all over it ended up rotting out really bad actually the exact same rot that's on my car was on her car where the rear beam mounts and i scrapped the car because of that because to me at the time it was on unfixable you know you're not welding on the rear beam everyone told me like that's never going to work um and i ended up through clint learning that that's you know something that can be fixed um and he kind of has shown me the process and some pictures and shit so i'm able to fix my car but unfortunately i scrapped that car and i had a, a very good friend of mine cody get rid of his car because the rear beam rot was really bad um but i think his was a little worse than mine honestly it was it was pretty trashed Wow. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was her first rabbit, and then I had my first rabbit. And then since then, I've bought a lot. Oh, I so your first, sorry, your first rabbit is the one you still have now? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was my very first rabbit, and I'll always have it. That's mad. And you're working yep. on it now. Uh, you've got, like, what, two weeks left until madness? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so I have 13 days until I have to leave, and currently the rear beam is out of the car, dangling by the e-brake cables. It's on jack stands. I've cut the rear end of it all apart. Uh, the tire goes flat all the time. The fan doesn't turn on on its own. Uh, the floors are starting to go pretty bad. The seat feels like it's going to fall out. I have a lot to do in 13 days. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and thinking about it, right? Like in that's in two weeks, and this episode is gonna be out in about two weeks, I believe. Oh, okay. So people that are heading to madness right now, as they listen to this, and they're gonna be listening to your story, and that's cool. We're gonna figure out if it made it or not, if you managed to get everything done or not. I mean, I'm going if I have to walk. I don't care, so I'll be there. <laughs> but hopefully, I'll be driving a rabbit. <laughs> oh man, absolutely. If anybody listening to this right now and you're on your way to madness, make sure you go and say hello to Ethan and say what's up and go and check on this rabbit and make sure it made it. That'd be uh That was be... when I went last year was my first time. Um it was hilarious because I pulled in and like 20 people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this thing made it." Like, I didn't think you're going to be here. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, cuz I actually uh about an hour away my radiator fan started to like explode. Like it was rattling really bad, shaking, making terrible noises. So I called Clint. I'm like, are you at madness right now? He's like, yeah. I was like, can you get me a radiator fan when I get there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, does anyone have one? He's like, no, but I'm sure, you know, someone's going to have something locally. And, uh, so then I'm about 15 minutes away and it just dies. I have no fan anymore. And my, uh, gauge cluster something was wrong with the wiring where we keep dropping out i couldn't see anything so i'd lose my temperature gauge which is actually the only functional gauge i have um so when i got off the highway it's about a 15 minute drive to the actual uh campground and i had no idea how hot my car was but it stays cooler on the highway than it does on back roads so i was driving as fast as i could to get wind through the radiator on the back roads and i pulled in and i shut it off and it felt warm but not overheating you know mm. and uh i start setting my camp up and here comes Corey late trampsing through the woods with a radiator fan and shroud in his hand he's like i brought you this for my house i was like fuck yeah dude thank you Whoa. so much and then mike poli came the next day with like two of them and i was like hell yeah so many people were willing to help and clint was able to get me the parts that i needed dude that is the definition of community and i said this on a previous episode to this like we talked about 
the definition of community and that is it right there what you experienced yeah. is a sense of a community a community that you want to be a part of you know yeah that's volumes yeah those people were so willing to help and, and donate me parts and they didn't want anything in return and hopefully i can repay anyone who's ever given me a favor mm. i try to i do a lot of trading with people and we cut each other deals but i hope mm. to always be able to be good to the people that are good to me absolutely man absolutely it's the best way to be now before we crack on with some other i've got some other questions for you okay uh, and obviously we've got questions from the listeners coming up as well of but course before we jump into that do you have any other stories that you you're dying to tell me before we carry on with the rest i've done so much stupid shit i can't even think um <laughs> i do any have an interesting story actually go um, on how I got the engine for my car. Okay. So I blew up the original one five diesel. It ran away four or five times, which should have killed it. And that's actually not what killed it. I ended up having pinholes in my radiator hoses that were on the bottom. So I couldn't see them. And it like pissed out all the coolant on my way to work one day and overheated and, and seized up. So I was in the hunt for a one six diesel. Cause it's the same engine, but a little better and it's reliable. So back then you used to be able to find them everywhere. I kept blowing them all up, so now you can't find them anymore. Um, but uh, Clint actually was like, hey, uh, my friend Wes just swapped his Jetta from 1.6 diesel to turbo diesel in my garage. I've got the diesel sitting here. Why don't you come take it? So I was like, hell yeah. So I grabbed it, and I picked it up, and I brought it home. And I, I think I swapped it in a couple hours, and I started it up, and it had the worst rod knock. And I called him, like, did this thing have any problems? He's like, no, dude. He's been driving that for years. It's a low-miles engine. It's nice. I'm like, well, listen. And I started it, and it was knocking like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And he's like, dude, I don't – I it wasn't knocking when we pulled it out. But I forgot. We did uh, smack the lip of the garage with the oil pan real hard right as he pulled – or he did. He, uh, Wes smacked the lip of the garage with the oil pan right as he pulled in, and he just shut it off. I was like, okay. So I pulled the oil pan off, and the oil pump was broken in half. So oh. <laughs> it was not getting any oil. So that was no fault of either of theirs. I didn't know. Um, so I ended up finding another engine, a 1.6 diesel from a friend of mine who had sold me his Scirocco that was supposed to be diesel swapped. And then I ended up getting the diesel engine for it. Um, and I was able to look inside. The oil pump was in one piece. Uh, it looked beautiful. It was a really healthy looking engine. So I towed my rabbit up to Clint's shop and I brought the, uh, the one six with me and like we're gonna do this together in a couple hours and get it done right and uh important part of the story i did not have a cell phone at the time um i had a phone it wasn't activated or whatever so i couldn't call text or whatever unless i was on wi-fi so we do a swap uh, one six swaps takes like four hours start to finish or whatever mm. um started up it ran great so smooth idled nice but it was leaking oil pretty significantly out of the uh, oil filter housing gasket. I don't think there was a gasket at all. Just that filter housing was like puking oil. So of course it's, this had to be 10 o'clock at night. There's no park stores open. So I've seen an old trick where people will cut up a cardboard box and use the cardboard as a gasket. And it's only like a 25 minute drive home. So I'm like, all right, I'll try this. So he's got a, an oil filter box in the trash can and I kind of put it up against the filter housing and I carve it out with a knife and I carve the holes I need and it's flat enough. And I stick it on, and I try to snug with the bolts and tighten it okay. And I start it, and it's not leaking too bad, and I just head for home. I'm like, all right, cool. Just wait for me at the shop just in case something happens. He's like, all right, I'll sit here for a couple of minutes, but I'm, it's late. I want to go to bed. 
So I go about a mile down the highway and there's no oil in it. It's empty. Leaked all of it out. So I'm like, fuck. So I pull it over. You can smell it getting like no oil hot. So different than normal overheating hot. Wow. So I pull into a gas station and fortunately they have like some kind of shitty oil for a Civic or something. I buy like 10 quarts of it. I just dump it all in the engine because more oil or too much oil is better than no oil in my head. Mm. And I rip it back to a shop and I left like a big long stream of oil down the hallway to get to his garage and uh so i'm like fuck i need to do something like i gotta drive this car home i don't have a phone to get a ride he's not gonna drive me home because that's an extra hour for him so i put some like rtv silicone that used to seal a gasket on there lots of it nice and wet and i torqued it down not knowing that you're supposed to let it cure for a day only hand tight and then tighten it and i just hit the road and he's like i'm not waiting like go i'm gonna go home it's late You'll be okay. So same thing, about two miles down the road, no oil, completely out. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I think it was like Mother's Day. So I had to go, you know, I was supposed to do Mother's Day stuff with my girlfriend and I didn't. And I am just ripping it down the highway, no oil. And I couldn't stop because no one's going to give me a ride. So I just drove for as long as I could with no oil in the engine. I think I made it 20 of the 25 minutes before it started like slowing down on me. And I just shut it off before it seized up. And uh, I, like, flagged people down. I was like, hey, I need a ride or whatever. Um, And after, like, 10 minutes, one guy finally stopped and was really cool, gave me a ride home. Actually took me to his house to so he could drop me off, go get beer. I hung out with his wife and watched movies in the living room. <laughs> he picked me back up and drove me back home. And we're friends on Facebook. His name is Ryan. So shout out, Ryan. Thank you so much. Um, wow. <laughs> so I needed an engine bad and I couldn't find any because I kept blowing them all up and no one had one. So I was back at my friend Josh's house and he had a diesel rabbit sitting in front of his house. And uh, so I'm like, what's up with this? He's like, oh, my friend Rico bought this and he kind of doesn't want it and needs to sell it for cheap. So he'll probably take like 500 bucks. And I was like, OK, I can do 500 bucks um, <laughs> thinking I'll take the engine out and part the car out. Mm. So uh, around the same time, actually, like a couple days before, Tim Brandt had hit me up saying that he has a local friend who's looking for a blue rabbit interior, just stock two-door blue interior, and this car had a blue interior. So I messaged him, like, dude, I found this car with a blue interior. I need the engine out of it, so I'll buy it for 500 bucks, and I'll sell the interior for 250 That way, you know, I'm only at 250 bucks. Whatever, I'm okay. He's like, hell yeah, I'll tell my friend. I'll give him your number, whatever. So the kid messages me or texts me, and he's like, hey, man. I'm the one that needs that interior. Do you have any pictures? So I sent him a couple of pictures and he's like, what do you want for it? I was like, I'll, I'll do $250 thinking to me, that's a lot for an interior for a late Westie. But he's like, yeah, I'll pay that. That's fine. It's for my girlfriend for her car for Christmas. I want to make it nice for her. So that's part two is perfect. Wow. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's great. It's a, you know, a good interior night. The car's only got 80,000 miles on it. So I go get in contact with my friend, Josh's friend who actually owned the car. And he's like, Josh told you my price, right? I was like, yeah, 500 bucks. He's like, no, no, I'm not doing $500 for that car. He's like, what do you mean? What do you want? He's like, I got, I paid a thousand. I want a thousand. I'm like, man, I can't make a thousand dollars in parts off of that thing. I don't think I can do this. He's like, that's fine. I don't care. I can find another buyer. So I text the kid back. Uh, and I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm sorry to do this, but the guy, I thought he wanted 500. He wants a thousand. I, I don't have the money, so I can't sell you an interior. And he's like, do you have PayPal? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. And he sent me $1,000. And I was like, what the Holy fuck? Shit. He's like, yeah, I'll what? just, 
I'll do a thousand for the interior and you can take the rest. I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> Hold, okay, thank you. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so I was like, I'm, a late Westy interior is not worth a thousand dollars, let me tell you what. But he was, it was, he had money. He wanted a nice interior. It was a nice interior. It was for his girlfriend for Christmas. And I'm like, dude, I'll have it all pulled for you. I'll have it ready to go. You can just come pick it up. Or I'll meet you. He was in Long Island where Tim lives, which is like four hours. I'm like, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you in New York City. Whatever you got to do. He's like, no, I'll come up there. I want to see the car. I want to see the interior. Uh, Tim wants to come up and say hi. So we'll make a day out of it. I was like, hell yeah. So I I brought that car home. And he's like, I'll be there in like three or four weeks. So I decided to daily drive the rabbit with no plates on it for those three or four weeks. And I fell in love. It was an untouched, completely original bone stock like 83 diesel with no miles on it and there's such a specific feeling with a car that's never been taken apart before mm. that is i can't describe it i'm so used to my car that i've taken apart 500 times to feel something that's tight and together in factory was so cool mm. um, i still wish i hadn't gotten rid of that car but i you know i made out like a bandit with that so <laughs> so i uh so tim came up with his friend ian and uh i think they i didn't have the dash out or something they finished stripping the dash and Ian was happy with all the parts and we hung out for a while um and then they were gonna go to clint's shop and I'm like oh well i'll go with you but i want to drive the rabbit but of course i had no interior they took like the door seals the carpet every single interior piece was gone the dash so i had a recaro race seat so i strapped that in there and i drove up with them with no interior door seals we hung out with Clint for a while and we're getting ready to leave and it's dark. So I get in the car and I go to turn the headlights on, but there's no dash. So there's no <laughs> headlight oh, switch. No. So I was like, oh shit. Like it's dark, dark. It's like nine o'clock at night. I can't see anything. So Ian's like a, a BMW specialist guy. He does vintage BMW stuff. He's way better with cars than I am. So he like figured out how to jumper the headlights on the switch. He's like, all right, if you need headlights, plug this wire in. If you don't, just pull it out. So I was able to drive home like that, and then I continued to drive the car with no interior or door seals for like two months. I fucking loved it so much. Wow! But eventually, it was time. It was I had to take the engine out because I needed to drive my car. So I ended up uh, taking that out, putting it in my car. It didn't leak oil. It didn't have a rod knock, and I've put like twenty thousand miles on it with a turbo on it, and it's been beautiful. It's such a good engine. I'm so happy I made that work out. But that was how I met Tim Brandt the first time. Yeah. For those listening, uh, Tim Brandt is uh, a guest that I had on previous to, well, a couple episodes ago now. Uh, great episode, the four hour long one. So yeah, uh, if you haven't listened to that, I know it's long and your bum will hurt whilst you're listening to it um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're doing like a long uh, road trip. But honestly, such a good episode, if I don't say so myself. I really enjoyed his company and he's great storyteller in that. Uh, much I like this one, episode. man. Like, I'm, I'm hooked. Every story that you've told, I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> every, every like twist and turn of these stories, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I'm sweating over here. But, like, <laughs> I sent you me too, just remembering all this stuff. <laughs> Guy sent you a thousand dollars for interior, just straight up. Like, yeah, just no yo. questions asked. He's like, "Here you go, buy the car. I want the interior." Oh, dude! Like, Crazy. okay, this is completely separate to what you're talking about. But today, I had a like, what the fuck moment myself. Um, as most people know, I'm trying to get to madness myself next year, though, because I want to save up. I need to save up some money to get over there and get plane tickets and stuff. But that's the goal, and that's a big reason to why I'm selling the monster rabbit t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. And, um, there's like that someone told me 
the other day they they said oh have you heard of this thing called buy me a coffee and i was like no what is it and it, they said oh it's a, it's a website and uh, it's it's a little bit like gofundme but it's basically like you you have this page you you make your own page and it's called buy me a coffee and people can go on there and they can buy you one coffee and it costs them like five bucks and it's the you know that's donated to you you don't have to buy a coffee with it but you know it's a kind of nice gesture to help support you know they said right with what you're doing with the podcast and the youtube channel and stuff it it could be a a, a cool little thing that people that might not necessarily want a t-shirt or be able to afford a t-shirt but they still want to sort of help with your journey getting over to madness you could just send them the link to this and they only have to pay five pounds or whatever it is and i was like i don't know if anybody's gonna go for that and uh i said i'll I'll do it anyway and see what happens i put the link on my instagram bio and uh lo and behold like the other day um a good friend of mine in bournemouth sent me like five coffees unexpectedly i didn't send him any i haven't sent the link to anybody and uh, I've just put it on my Instagram stories, I believe. And um, he, I just randomly got a notification and it said, oh, so-and-so is, has bought you five coffees, which is like 25 pounds. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was That's like, great. did you just make a mistake? Like, I, 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 did you mean to do this? He's like, yeah, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. Here's, here's you know, here's some, you, make sure you, it goes on uh, Mark One Madness or Volkswagen stuff. Don't put it on bills or something stupid. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck your bills. Work on your car. I know. I was like, thank <laughs> you so much. I didn't expect that. And then today, uh, who is it? It's, uh, it was actually Tim Brandt. Tim Brandt, who we've just been talking about. Right. Um, I, I, I get a notification and it says um, someone it's an anonymous. It says someone has sent has bought you five coffees, and I was like, "What the fuck?" An anonymous p- person is, and I was like, "What the hell?" And they left a little message, and it was like, you know, th- keep up the good work, etc. And I was like, "Who the fuck?" And um, I think I got a message from Tim's uh, or someone saying like, "You're welcome" or something like that. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, that was you. That's amazing. That's so generous." And then that's really cool, dude. And then someone else did it, and I was like, "Holy fuck." This is mad. Yeah. Uh, I was, and so again, it was like one of those moments like, like you, where it was like, what's what you, someone said to you, what's your PayPal? And then they sent you a thousand dollars. I had that same sort of like, like what the fuck moment. And I was like, you're, this is insane. Like, thank you. But like, this is mad. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, if you realize it, but you're really enriching the community right now, providing all this content for us. Like it's, it's greatly impacted my life for sure. Cause it gives me something to, to motivate me all the time. So I'm certainly greatly appreciative of your podcast. I'm sure that a lot of other people are too, oh, with dude. having all that content out there now. It's, it's been awesome. That's so kind. That's so kind of you to say. And again, I said it before, but it's like, I just, I can, I just think I'm just one, I'm just a guy I'm just so interested. I'm I'm very excited about all the Mark One stuff, and I'm again very new to the whole thing. Let alone how cars work, and I'm you know I'm reading the Bentley manual all the time, and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what that is. That's what that does. That's what that's called. So I, everything is still quite new to me. Every time a problem arises, I'm like, okay, how does this work? How do I fix this? And it's it's all happening for the first time, and I'm getting people on the podcast that, you know they've done this for years and years and years so it, I, I 
in a way, every episode I'm learning something new, evidently. And uh, it's it's been great, you know. So to know that other people are getting something out of it is 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 awesome. And it's sort of it's the path that I wanna I wanna go down, you know. Um, right. I heard a quote the other day. Uh, what was it? Now it was something about you know it was either being successful or something like that. Uh, God, I can't remember what it was. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was like people often um oh, i'm gonna butcher it let's come back to that because i'm gonna absolutely butcher <laughs> that all right but um yeah i i'm eternally grateful for anybody who's supported the show in any way whether it's subscribing or or buying a t-shirt or something i'm you know or if it's just a conversation like you say where where people are finding motivation from it and it's that's really humbling and nice to hear you know and it's sort of like one of the major points of setting this up is for people to listen to it and get something out of it. Much like I wanted to listen to something way back in the day and, and I wanted to make something that I would listen to. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And I think like, so you're, you're learning a lot of this stuff. You're new to it. I've, I've know a lot of this information. It's still cool to hear stories and stuff. And I learned mm. a lot in the CIS episode with Ben Quitek. Right. There's surely so many people that are in your shoes, or maybe they know a little more, but they don't know specifics of things, or they're they're gray in a certain area. Mm. You're having the conversations we all have with people that know more, where you learn these things, but you're making that something that everyone can hear. That oh, there's yeah. so many people that are in your shoes get to hear the conversation that you've had in the interaction, and they get to learn the information where otherwise they may not have ever learned that stuff, or they may have gotten bad information. Because there's a lot of people that are gonna tell you that they know the answer and then half of them are wrong and the other half are kind of explaining it in a weird way but mm. you have been fortunate to get a lot of people that really know what they're talking about mm. and they're able to share that information to not just you but all the people that are going to listen to this from mm. now and in the future and, and that's really cool because i didn't have that when i was learning it it took a long time to get all this information in my head yeah man could you imagine if you didn't have like the clints and the poplins and the selcos of the world or just for real, the, the poor people that have no one around them or, or mm. aren't on social media or on Bernal and Mark ones or on Instagram or whatever, they've got to be having a hell of a time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think about how that would actually work out. Imagine if this was like in the in the 90s or the, even earlier than that before Internet and you're yeah. having to figure this out for yourself. And there's no yeah, one you're just to, reading PVW yeah. magazine and, and talking to the people at Advanced Auto Parts trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean. That's when you'd literally just be like, go into a, a, a garage or a garage or, you know, a shop and you'd have people do it for, for you because you just don't have a clue. You wouldn't you wouldn't know and or you'd struggle to learn it yourself, I suppose, unless you had one of the uh, Bentley manuals. Uh, when did they came out? Did they come out like straight away with the vehicles? I, I think they did. I think so. Like I've got Bentley manuals that don't cover the whole model year range of the cars. Like I have a Scirocco one that's 1974 to 79 because it was made in 1979 and the 80 and 81 hadn't come out yet. Wow. Um, so I'm pretty sure they like bought the car brand new, completely disassembled it and made a book like right away because mm. cars fuck up when they're brand new still. So people oh, are still yeah. working on them. Yeah. Now that quote, I'm trying to picture that quote that I was talking about just a minute ago. And it was like um, basically what happens when so people that sort of fail at a vision let's say not necessarily trying to be successful at something but when they have a vision 
they often are very stubborn with the details rather than the initial vision, the initial goal, whereas right. it works better the other way around. So, for example, for me, like uh, very early on, I was very clear about the vision of this podcast and, and I wanted it to be four Mark One owners. It, it started off being just caddies. And then I, I realized what a rabbit pickup was. And I was like, holy shit, this has just blown my wormhole open so wide and of course, opened yeah. me up to so many people and so many things that it's going to be about rabbits now as well. So my initial goal and, and you know, that initial drive was still at the time to produce something for the Mark One owner that was someone someone like yourself someone like me would want to listen to it's got to be educational we're going to be talking about these vehicles and how where they came from it's about the history and education and about getting people's stories out there that that's always been like the goal and what I, the quote is something along the lines of you know don't um don't be stubborn on the details be stubborn on the goal and a lot of people tend to have that the other way around. They tend to be stubborn on the details and just forget about the initial goal. They don't really focus on that first. Okay, right. we're, we're going to do this. Like when, uh, for example, I don't know if you remember when uh, we, we tried to do the whole Mark One Motorworks thing. Oh, of and, course, yeah. Yeah, and that was a time where thing the lines were getting blurry and like we were really sweating over the details of like the looks and and things like that and the goals started to fade a little bit and i was like hang on a minute we need to reel this back like we're thinking about things that don't even matter right now right. and i won't go into details about those other little things but that that is when i had to make that decision of like okay we've we're straying away from what this originally started as and I need to bring it back. And I'm sorry, but it, we need to let you go. I said this. I'm talking about Aaron here. And then I, th I was like, right, I need to stick to the original goal because it was working. And and here we are. We're, we're still going now. So that was the little thing I, I thought. I'm sorry it took me so long to explain that. And uh, No, that's, that's a good quote. I'm glad you shared that. Well, it's not really. A, I, I couldn't think of the quote, but it's, yeah, just. Well, I mean, the idea behind it is. Yeah, is you get it. Solid. You get it. Anyway, back to you. Uh, here's, here's that question for you. I mentioned it earlier. The four-space garage. Your dream four. Money's no object. Control, alt, delete everything you own right now in terms of vehicles. Tell me, at long last, what is, what are your four dream vehicles? So I have a I have a wide variety of interests. I like BMWs. I like Volvos. I like Chevy trucks. There's so many rabbits I want to build still. Um, so of course, as I mentioned before, my first rabbit will be my last rabbit. It is the perfect car. It's exactly what I want. It was my dream car before I found it. I was hoping to maybe find some random shitty whatever rabbit. And when I'm 40 and have a bunch of money, maybe one day I'll find a mountain green. Mm -hmm. And I just got lucky finding exactly what I needed. So that. Space number one, my car, exactly how it is. I don't want a big fancy new engine swap. The 1.6 turbo diesel is great. It's reliable. It's fun. I like it. It's good enough. So space one is that car. Space two, I'd really love another Chevy truck. Um, Clint has a friend named Matt Walm who has a beautiful 
long bed C10 on bags on billet wheels that he hauls his vintage Harley Davidsons around in and like, man, that is a cool ass truck. Mm. Um, so space two would be some sort of, I think long bed, two wheel drive. I'll say 77 Chevy truck. Cause they had a one year only gold trim on them that I really like. Okay. Um, just, yeah. Bagged on like 22 inch Detroit steel wheels with some sort of LS swap. I don't know, but that's what I'm into. Um, space three. I, I, I'm typically not into things that I don't think I can afford. I don't, I, you can show me a Ferrari and that's cool, but like, I don't want one. Um, yes, dude. Same as me. I don't even like new cars. Like, cool. You just spent $38,000 on a 2020 Ford focus. That's cool. But like, I, I'm never going to do that. I don't like, I drive a $3,000 20 year old car, like whatever, mm. except for Porsche 911s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just okay. love, I think they, I think they step outside of that. Like it's not a rich, expensive fancy car it's a fucking machine it costs this much to purchase because it costs so much to build because it's so perfect i say that i've never even touched a porsche 911 uh i've seen many i've been at shows i have a friend with a couple they're cool so 1973 911 carrera rs super light bone stock bobby ullman if you're listening tell your boss to donate me one those <laughs> things are so fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> speaking of bobby dream job dude that's the coolest thing ever he just works on porsches all day like mm -hmm. i i can't i don't have the talent but like shit that's cool mm. all right so it's one two three four uh four i need i should get a daily driver because all this other shit i'm gonna break so honestly i'm really happy with my daily driver right now i have a 2003 jetta tdi wagon the alh the last year of it, it's a five speed I want that carpet done. I have 1552 snowflakes and 18 inch for it that just need to be refinished. Wow. And I have H&R ultra low coilovers to put on and I've got a, uh, some sort of skid plate, uh, diesel geek skid plate. It's got GLI Recaro seats in it. It's a great car. I love it. It's got quarter million miles. I drive the shit out of it. My kids are in it all the time. It's reliable. It's fuel efficient. And even if it's not a daily driver, like, if I get a newer daily, I might keep that as a project car and just make it cool, you know? Is that the Jetta that we have over here in the UK, but we, for some reason, badge it as a Bora? Yeah, so it's the same generation as a Bora, but mine's a wagon. So I don't know. In Europe, they kind of got weird with wagons. You could get a golf estate, a golf wagon, or mm -hmm. a Jetta wagon, depending on country. I don't remember what the UK got, but my car has a golf front end on it and the uh, all the rub strips are painted black, which is how they are in some European countries. Mm. So, okay, I want a golf estate, TDI, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the Mark IV. It's the same as the Bora. Yeah. Interesting, man. Interesting. Well, that's your, that's your four-space garage. There it is. Um, the other things I want to know, and again, these are all questions that I throw out to peeps is the first one is what what annoys you what grinds your gears and they this does not does not have to be to do with cars at all it's completely up to you so i'm going to give you two things because I've, I've been thinking about this question i bet i bet you have go on the first one the thing i hate in the world the absolute most is the smell of sour cream if okay. you eat sour cream near me i may become <laughs> visibly upset 
<laughs> I I'm a happy guy. I don't ever get mad at anything. I'm I'm calm. I go with the flow. I don't care. Except if you get like sour cream and cheddar ruffles too close to me, oh, it's it's gross. How can you eat sour cream? <laughs> I don't eat sour cream, so we're safe there. But... Oh, God, thank you so much. If you come <laughs> to the states and you have sour cream, Dan, I don't know if I can hang out with you. <laughs> I'll have to um, so this, have... Okay, so the second thing that I hate, we're gonna relate it back to the car community. Okay. I really hate when someone say like you, you join the community, you don't know a lot, you want to learn mm. and people just shut you down or they turn up their nose at you or they're not interested in helping. I don't, I don't understand that. Mm. I am so excited to teach people things or have conversations like we're having now or like guide people in the right direction. Like it's, there's a lot of us that have been into this a while. I've only been doing it for six, seven years, whatever, but there's people that have been here 10, 20 years in the community that have all this knowledge and have the ability to, to transfer it onto the younger generation, but they don't because they're like, oh, well, he's young. He's going to be into what all the other young kids are into. And mm. he's going to he's gonna fuck these cars up and then he's going to leave. And mm. we'll be done. We don't have to deal with them. Or you could say this person doesn't know, so let me show them what they could do, what has mm. been done, what is a respectful route to go about owning one of these cars, modifying one of these cars. I'm not a purist per se, but I think there is a, like, you need to respect what the car is and mm. don't like, you know, I don't know if maybe you've witnessed it or not because there's not a whole super big car community around you, but this, I meet so many kids who are like 18 or 19 or whatever. And they're like, dude, that car is sick. It's so clean. Are you going to rear wheel drive swap it? How about an RB26 engine? I'm like, no, no, don't. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm going to put a turbo diesel in it and keep a front wheel drive because that's respecting the car. That's mm. making the car what it is, but better. And I, I, I really don't like when people are just rude to people who don't know or they're unwilling to like have the conversation with. I get that there's people who won't be corrected and they're just not going to learn and they're going to be stupid and do their thing, whatever. But mm. It really bothers me when, when when people are just unwilling to share what they have and, and help people learn. Yeah, that, that's fair to say, man. And yeah, you're right. I'm, I don't consider myself part of any sort of car community here in the UK. I mean, on this island, there's like a Facebook group called White uh, Modified. And it's basically, I looked on there because i think i was trying to get rid of some wheels i had like a bunch of spare wheels mm. and, I, and i wanted to just get rid of them for free like people can come and just pick them up their spare wheels go for it and yeah. i went on this group and it's just basically a bunch of guys with just all the same car but modified just kind of with different stickers or different colors yeah and, you know they've all got like different maps and tunings and pop and bang bullshit like yeah. why that uh, maybe an unpopular opinion but why do people want to make their car sound like it's broken like to me when i hear people fucking zoom past me and all you hear is like pow, bang pow, pop bang whiz and i was like what the fuck that sounds like you need to take that to a garage mate that looks that sounds fucked. Like so, like there is a purpose for like two stepping, right? Is when you like hit rev limiter and it bounces and crazy and sounds awesome. Man, it's I meant for drag racing. It keeps your turbo car in boost on the line, so that when you launch it, you're already in boost. You're already making a lot of power. Right. So kids see that and they're like, "That sounds fucking sick. I want to do that to my Fiesta ST that I'm going to drive to high school tomorrow." Mm. That doesn't make sense. And That's like exactly what happens here. Same vehicle. Same vehicle. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, oh, I know about Fiesta people. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then like 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 uh the backfire and the rumble comes naturally. And my friend David built that BMW that was had a killer exhaust in the cam, and it would like you let off the gas, and it would rumble and backfire and sound really cool. Um, but then again, you can also just tune your car to run like shit, and it'll do that. So you know, <laughs> all those tunes are not helping for street driving. It's terrible. You're just you're just making your car run worse and blow up faster. So right. go ahead and do it. Actually, blow up your car. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, uh, maybe it is an unpopular opinion. Some people might love that sound or whatever they're getting out of it, but just for like everyday use, like I hear it and see it all the time. Remember, I'm a mailman, so I'm right. walking the streets every single day nearly, and I'm seeing this stuff on busy streets as well. And I'm just seeing people go into like the grocery store, meeting up and going to like, I don't know, like McDonald's or whatever. And they just, they're just driving around in like this bumper to bumper traffic and their car sounds like it's about to fucking die because yeah. it's just pop and bang it here's the sound it sounds exactly the same as if you get like an empty plastic bottle from like a soft drink like say you get an empty two liter bottle of coca-cola and you're smacking it against the tarmac that's what the sounds like just smack i've actually sounds- seen a video that was meant to be a parody where someone is in the trunk of a mazda at a car show, like a, a meter or whatever, in a parking lot, and mm. the person revs their car up, and as soon as they let off the throttle, someone reaches out of the back and smacks a bottle on the ground to make that sound. It's pretty Wow. Funny. There you go. That's the exact sound. It just sounds like dog shit to me. And I no offense yeah. to anybody who's into that. That's fine. Just don't bring it around near me. Like, honestly, it's, it's just it's one of those modifications that just lacks taste. So your opinion's not unpopular. You just have taste. Mm. Well, it's 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 much like you said about appreciating what the car, the car's history, and trying to keep the car, you know, respecting it where it's came from. I'm very much like that. Like that, I would be doing something stupidly crazy, uh, but I, I, in a way, I, with my truck, I'd love to do something that still keeps it. Like I'm not gonna put fucking uh, neon lights on the underside or or in the the footwells or anything like that. I'm not going to make right. it futuristic in any way and like, you know, I'm not going to disrespect it in any way, but I'd like to keep things period correct if I can help it. And um yeah, I'd like to I'd like to, I, again, I mentioned it very very early on. I'd love to be able to step into the truck and or for someone new to look at it, step inside and be sent back in time. Like I'm searching for that that's what i'm looking for and it's the same exactly. with, do you remember when bobby came on the show like episode three i think it was and he was talking about how he wanted to do an engine swap but he wanted to still be able to pop the hood and still be able to see the 80s under there yeah yeah so i remember that yeah what a great line but also i love that idea of having something and still being a bit of a time capsule that's so cool yeah um, exactly this so like my my taste in cars is I like a really stock looking car. Like my car is stock outside, stock interior with like a nice steering wheel and and you know wheels and coilovers or whatever. But it kind of a stock engine. So mm. like back in the day, it was super popular to like do Audi TT dash swaps and rabbits and and a cabriolet clipper kit on an early car and and do all and use Porsche seats and all this crazy like just making like completely modifying every aspect of the car and that's. Mm cool and it had its place and time but it's not what i'm into Mm. 
but yeah. I like the idea of the time capsule, but I like to mix in modern. Like I have a really modern set of wheels, mm. but everything else about my car is really old. I have all vintage parts on it. I have an original rabbit roof rack and a vintage louver and vintage Heckland. And my steering wheel is aftermarket, but it was made in 1983. Mm. Like my engine is period. And, you know, so I, I like a good mix of tasteful modern stuff on a really time capsule like car that, that respects its origins. Yeah, well, we're talking, we're talking, um, and this is an interesting discussion. I like it, but like we, we talked about things before about uh, like completely original. Like we talked about original, original. Keep people that have like the exact interior that it came from factory, the exact exterior. Everything has been dialed back to factory settings, right? And but right. there's also you've got to put your stamp on it, and you've got to do some. I, I believe you've got to have a healthy blend or a balance of, okay, something that's new and reliable on a vehicle that you know should. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, finding the sensible balance, but also having it a little bit modified so that people know it's yours or you've had your stamp on it. You know, yeah, I, I think there's something to be said there. Yeah, and I think I think every car has kind of a feeling to mm. it, and if you if you modify things that keep it within that feeling but enhance it, that's really cool. Yes. Like if you have a diesel Rabbit and you put a uh, Mark IV TDI in it, you're putting something modern, enhancing the car. But the TDI feels like a 1.6 diesel kind of like a, like my turbo diesel feels a lot like my ALH daily kind of. Mm. So you're keeping that same feel of the car. You're not changing what the car is. You're not changing what the car says. It's it's the same family just a little bit better and i like stuff yeah. like that also uh, quite an interesting aspect is that um some people we've got to remember that some people might use their mark ones for completely different purpose like of I've course got, yeah i've got a friend over here one of my very closest friends within the community here is uh sam aka bowl of soup or bowl of sup bowl of sup uh, yep. yeah he's got this red uh, UK caddy, but he's got like a Mark IV PD engine. It's PD one thirty engine. Right. He took me for ripping it. Scared the shit out of me. It's so ridiculously fast. Yeah, those um, things will move, especially with just little modification. Mm, yeah. I mean, that is a kind of a modern engine in an older vehicle, but it kind of works. But also, it works for him because he ha he does and travels long distance just to get to work. Like really long distance and could you imagine if he had the original engine in that truck i not i'm not sure it would, would be as reliable as the engine that he has in in it now yeah Do you know what i mean it's be so, a hell of a truck to commute in driving long distances well, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's only every now and then i mean he's got like a mercedes and and things like that that he uses most of the time but still every now and then he'll take the caddy and it's got to be reliable. So I guess we have to take in consideration that not everybody is going to have the exact same purposes for these Mark ones, you know, right. So there's so much to consider and it's such an interesting discussion, isn't it? And everybody that comes on has got something different. Like I just had Aaron Staley on and he was talking about, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, we, it was a completely different discussion that we're having now because it was mostly talking about, uh, uh, um, you know, show car stuff and right. not talking about using these cars and and trucks for what they're 
designed to you know we're not driving we're driving them he whereas he's not really he's taking them to a show so they, we've got to understand and sort of take in consideration that everybody's got a different story everyone's got a different purpose for these things but it's also just such a cool discussion to have uh with each person that comes on it really yeah is. it's cool that like this this community has we're all interested in the same thing there's such mm. a variety that like you could hand the exact same car to every person you've had on this podcast and they'll all do something completely different with it. And that's really cool. Somebody, yeah. I'll, I'll make a nice little cruiser with a mild engine and some cool wheels and someone else will cut it up and put flares on it and make a race car. And Bobby Ullman will just make it unnecessarily nice and perfect and still drive <laughs> it, but like yeah. keep it amazing, you know, and yeah. Clint will cut it in half and weld it to the top of his house or something. You know, people will do so many different things with the same opportunity. And then Harrison will come along and put some ridiculous camber on it and make it undrivable. But... Oh, yeah. He'll leave it on Clint's roof, but he'll put like 18-inch wheels on it that are like 12 inches deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, the, the next question is, what do you love? So we talked about what grinds your gears and what pisses you off and what annoys you. But what do you love? I think I'm not even going to relate this to cars, but it's kind of related. The thing that I love the most is when someone that I meet is really enthusiastic about something, like the way that I am about cars or about music mm. or about guitars or whatever. They're really, really into something that I don't know anything about, and they're excited to teach me about it. I love that. If you want to talk to me all day, like Tim and you were into fish tanks. Who the fuck's into fish tanks? You guys <laughs> talked for like an hour about fish tanks. I'm like, I don't care about fish tanks but this is really cool i don't know any of this stuff i didn't know that there's a market for people that like fish tanks mm. or like you were into bicycles i didn't know people like fixed gear bikes i knew they're popular but i didn't know that there's a there's an enthusiast base and it's i love oh, yeah. when people really want to tell me about stuff that they're mm. into that i don't know about that's exciting to me that's a nice answer like that's something that we haven't had on the show before and that's that's a nice answer i like that thank you all right, dude, what we'll do, we'll have a little short break so uh, we can hear, everybody can hear a pre-recorded message of me talking about, you know, where to buy the t-shirts from and, uh, and this will <laughs> give me some time to find a bush so I can have a little tinkle and uh, we can come right back with questions from the listeners. Does that sound good? Uh, sounds good to me. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this short message. TheMonsterRabbit.com if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support the podcast, then go to themonsterrabbit.com and get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie or both. Every little helps. And if you like the podcast, you'll love the YouTube channel. Just type in the search bar, The Monster Rabbit, subscribe, watch a few videos. All the links to the socials will be in the show notes below. Welcome back. You listen to the Monster Rabbit podcast. I'm here with Ethan Mueller. How was that? Was that good? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. We're gonna. We've got uh, questions from the listeners. This is where I, uh, I, you guys have submitted questions for my guests. Make sure if you do want to submit a question to the to the guests on the podcast, you've got to follow me on Instagram at the Monster Rabbit and pay attention to the Instagram stories because that is where you can have the opportunity to submit a question we're going to dive straight into uh, a question here from mark one vw no tech no teak uh this okay. is noah noah he's a great guy he sent me a couple of a couple of bits for the truck he said uh when the porsche cookie cutters get in on the car so 
fun story. So I told you that Matt Rad was a huge inspiration for me because he made those Porsche 944 cookie cutters fit on his car. So I should also note, I have not posted on Instagram in like five years. So all of those pictures are super old. So being inspired by Matt Rad, I purchased a set of cookie cutters. Um, they come black with like a, a brushed lip and mats are gold. So I wanted gold and gold goes nice with the, with the green. Mm. So I stripped them down and that's all I did. I took the paint off and they've been under my bench and I sold them to Luke Judy. I don't know if you know Luke, but he's, he's cool. He's out in Oregon. He's a great dude. I sold them to Luke Judy. We made the deal, uh, three or four years ago and I still have them because I haven't boxed them up yet. I, uh, so I, I buy and sell a lot of parts. I'm so terrible at shipping stuff. Usually like if someone from far away wants something, I'll say, okay, I'll box it up. Don't pay me yet. I will message you when I'm like at the post office ready to go mm. or a little before and then pay me. Cause I don't like to have people's money. And like, I take forever sometimes I'm actually in that situation. Now I'd really like to, get this taken care of but so the, the the cookie cutters aren't going on the car i have them i bought tires i bought adapters i couldn't weld five years ago so i you know i let that go um but i'm not saying i'll never have a set on the car because i do really love the look and i'm able to to modify the suspension to make them fit so we'll see who knows maybe i'll sell this set and buy another set i don't know that'd be kind of cool <laughs> fair dues uh, we've got a question here from Cody Wilson Price. What's Someone up, Cody? <laughs> yes, Cody is Cody is one of my absolute closest friends. He's an amazing dude. He lives like ten minutes from me. He is my go-to for local stupid car stuff. If I'm gonna go, if I fix my brakes or whatever, and I go test drive my car, it's to Cody's house. We just show up at each other's house all the time, and he's got a really cool '58 uh, Beetle he's doing right now. Oh, and, nice. Uh, he's had a couple of Mark ones. He's a great dude. Now, is that the Beetle that has, like, split windows in the rear, or no? No, so in the States, split window was 1950 to 53, okay. 54, and his is a 58, so it's first year of the big rectangle back window. Oh, right, okay. Uh, okay, so Cody says, here we go. Ask him why he's so beautiful first. Long. <laughs> uh, ask for the story of fire burning holes in oil feed lines. Yeah. Oh, God. There's like a two part for this, but yeah, let's start with that. So the night I finished my turbo diesel swap, I just I just bolted all the turbo stuff to the naturally aspirated 160 diesel engine. I didn't have a downpipe because the downpipes are really hard to find. They're two pieces. So there's a there's a cast iron piece that comes right out of the turbo to a toilet bowl style gasket. I'm sure you've heard the term toilet bowl before because that's stock rabbit stuff. Then right, there's a, okay. the bottom half of the downpipe connects to that toilet bowl. It has clips on it. And that's a weird shape because it, it's got a curve right around the shift link. It's right in the way. And then down underneath the car. So I didn't have that because those are hard to find. So Clint uh, made five or six... Um, custom downpipes for turbo diesel rabbits uh bobby's got one in his car and he made one for me um that i was gonna pick up at madness and this was like a, a month or two before madness so what i did is i took the the cast iron you know top downpipe piece and turned it upside down so it was shooting up out of the hood uh, or at the hood i guess um and previously if anyone goes to my instagram i never used to have a hood on that car i drove for years and years and years with no hood the hood was just in my garage. I just liked it. It was whatever. It didn't matter. So for some reason, I was I finished the turbo diesel swap, 
late at night, and we're going to go wash the car and get it ready for madness at a local car wash. So it was me, and it was Cody Price, and my son, who was three at the time, and our friend Dylan Mercier. Uh, we drove to this car wash, and I put the hood on, on top of the downpipe. Uh, Diesel rabbits have uh, a like insulation blanket kind of clipped into the hood mm-hmm. that was sitting on that downpipe. I didn't think of this, so I got about three minutes down the road before the flames shooting out of the downpipe lit that blanket on fire. Jesus. So me and Cody are in the rabbit, and my friend Dylan is driving Cody's truck up ahead with my son in it. And Cody's like, fire, 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 fire. And I fucking, I split, like pull over real quick, slam on the brakes, rip the hood off. It's like flames are shooting out. I was like, oh my fucking God. Um, and I had just, I like threw the hood in the ground, stomped on it. And it was raining and it went out. And he's like, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so the other, the other part of this, he mentioned the oil, oil feed line. So there's a, there's a solid line, hard line that connects the top of the oil filter housing to the top of the turbo because turbos need oil to lubricate them. So typically in a stock application, it's a hard line with two screw fittings on the end. Um, but I didn't have one. Clint actually ended up giving me one at Madness. But I had a, uh, a soft line. It was braided stainless steel, uh, rubber inside, and then the braided stainless on the outside with banjo fitting. So I, I used that, put it on the car, whatever. And I was jacking the car up with no front motor mount in it. And I jacked them up by the bell housing of the transmission. And I was picking it up, and all of a sudden a fire started because the hot lead on the starter touched the radiator fan shroud which touched that line and caught it on fire so i blew a hole in the oil feed line in my turbo and i was like fuck i didn't know it blew a hole i just dropped it real quick and i tried to crank the car over and it shot oil across my garage it's like, oh man this was days before madness like i had to leave so i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna do i can't find another line no one sells them new there's no like i can try to have one made by somebody uh I could try to find an original one, but I've been looking for years and I haven't found one. So what we did is I cut the line in half and I cut the hole out of it, like a couple of mil on either side, and I shoved a piece of brake line in it. Um, and I slipped the, the oil feed line over both ends and I put four hose clamps on it. And it's still like that to this day. I have a, or the correct line. I just haven't put it on. I'm still running the, the braided line with like 500 hose clamps on there. <laughs> so it's worked. It just doesn't leak. So whatever. Wow. Wow, well, his second part is uh, cardboard oil filter housings, gaskets. My oh, bachelor, Jesus Christ. <laughs> my bachelor party, uh, how many 1.6 diesels he's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the cardboard gasket I, I mentioned earlier, that's when yes. I blew up that 1.6 leaving Clint's. That's uh, right. And then, of course, I've blown up a bunch. So Cody's bachelor party was my birthday last year. Uh so we went out in the woods for two days uh, camping, and we rode our ATVs and dirt bikes and stuff. And uh, we ha- we cooked New York strips over the fire, and it was really nice. My girlfriend made brownies, and Cody threw up in his sleep really bad uh, all over the place in someone's backpack, almost in my shoes. Uh, he and his friend got relatively intoxicated, um, and then we fed him Cheez-Its. So it was... Uh, <laughs> interesting color vomit <laughs> to say the least <laughs> and then we gave him gatorade in the morning so it started out orange and then he threw up green oh nice no. yeah but it was a really fun time we should do it again i had a lot of fun <laughs> there you go thanks for that cody uh we got a question here from mark one griff uh, oh griffin okay griffin's a cool kid he's local he has a grandpa black bone stock rabbit pickup with a nice topper 
and uh, we drove to Madness together last year. It was me and him, our friend Terry, Winfred, uh, and Clint's friend Joe all drove down. It was a really nice cruise. Oh, so fucking jealous, man. Dude, it's Fuck. the shit. The cruise to Madness is the best time of the year. Of course it is. Of course. Fuck's sakes. I wish I was there. Uh, Next year, man. Yeah, I know. But just being involved in that cruise, we're going to have to make something happen. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, if money didn't matter, what power plant would go in the rabbit? So, like I said, I'm, I'm really happy with that 1.6 turbo diesel. I think it's cool. I got it. Not I didn't turbo the diesel to make more power. I turboed it because the turbo stuff is hard to find. And uh, I've just always been attracted to that engine. I think it's unique, and there's, there's not a ton of them. Um, were I to spend a lot of money, I would probably... I Actually, I had a Mark III TDI swap for it. I had the, the engine, transmission, wiring, harness, ECU, all that. Uh, I just didn't have the money for the swap kit and stuff. Uh, I think I sold it to Clint. Uh, it was actually, I believe, it was in the bed of his blue truck when he launched his blue truck off a cliff. I don't know if you saw... Uh, when he was moving, he's loading all his trucks into a car carrier, and one got away from him, and it went over a ledge into a river. Jesus. Um, it was a super cool truck, too. It was, a, it was a Lago Blue 80, super heavy patina, turbo diesel, really fucking cool truck. Um, and it was it, it just destroyed it going into that thing. He cut it up when he got to Florida. But um, So were, were I to put a lot of money into it right now, I just tuned injector, turbo, ALH, Mark IV TDI, I think. Um, I'm not super into the VR6s, although I'm coming around to them. I don't want a 180 in that car. That car should stay diesel. That's the vibe. That's the feeling of the car. It, it wants a TDI, I think. But mm. otherwise, I just make my 160 TD really nice. Well, there you go. And and Ali, I should say, shout out to Ali Richmond. He asked the same question as well. So there you go, guys. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. Okay, so here we go. This sent in from Clint. Uh, oh, boy. Mentioned him all over the podcast tonight. Great guy. He just says, uh, and, you know, this is just classic Clint. Every time he sends something on the podcast, it's like we just can't take him seriously. Um, <laughs> and I'm still waiting for him to send a serious question. Uh, I don't know he if won't. that day will ever come. But uh, he says, uh, go on a diet, lose weight, actually finish something. <laughs> Holy shit, why are you so bad at stuff? Joke. <laughs> he says, joke, I love you, but seriously, you're fat as fuck. What the Jesus Christ, so, man. So there's a story behind this, right? Okay. So I've always said Clint's my best friend. He's the best person I know. Right. So Clint shared an, uh, a meme that said, French chef loses 100 pounds because his friends call him a fat fuck every day. So for a year. So he then proceeded to tag me constantly on Facebook saying fat fuck. He just he'd just say fat fuck. That's all he'd write forever. And he stopped. And one day I'm like, hey, why'd you stop? He's like, oh, I don't want you to kill yourself. I was like, nothing has ever motivated me as much as knowing someone cares about me enough to say fat fuck every single day. And so I have started actually losing weight. I've been going to the gym. I've been eating better. I lost like 25 pounds in two months. Wow, congrats. Um, thank you. Uh, I just had a baby. I didn't have a baby. My girlfriend had a baby. I look like I need to have a baby. Um, <laughs> I just, we just had a baby. So I was out of work. I wasn't able to go to the gym with my coworker. It's been, I've been maintaining. I haven't gained, um, but I need to get back on it. We're going back to the gym next week. And hopefully 
when we meet next year at Madness, because you need to be there, mm. I will be not 100 pounds overweight. I will be, you know, reasonable, but we'll see. I'm, well, I'm hopeful. I've been doing good. It's not that difficult for me, so. Well, man, if you ever need any, uh, you know, help or anything like that with, uh, I don't know, diet plans or exercise plans. Remember, I used to be a personal trainer for like six That's years. Right. I so may like, I may talk to you about that because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. eating less and not, you know, as shitty food. And I'm doing like a, you know, generic hour at Planet Fitness three days a week or whatever. So it's been working, but I know it's going to plateau. So when it plateaus, I'm going to be sending you messages about what do I eat? This cake isn't working. I got to stop this eating cake, Dunkin' Donuts every day. This cake isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I, uh, you know, at some point when I get some free time after this podcast and whatever... I will, we, me and you will talk. I'll send you some, some stuff that I used to write, like diet plans, and we'll make something custom and work for you and anything to help you with uh, with the, your fitness goals, you know, without that would be too cliche. No, that would be really cool. I appreciate that a lot, dude. Yeah, no worries, man. I've just got this shit sat on my hard drive on my computer. So I think I do anyway. If not, I could just still remember all this stuff. I'm uh, sure, yeah. But yeah, uh, anyway, there you go, Clint. Thanks for that. Uh, until the light takes me, Chris. Yeah, Chris in, is cool. I love Chris. Yeah, he's coming on the podcast this week. That'll be a blast. Um, Hell yeah. He says, never forget 40s in a bag 2017. What's that mean? So that was the show that I went to in New York State with Clint. Right. Uh, that took us 11 hours to get to. So that's where I met Chris. And... Uh, Clint kind of did his own thing. I hung out with Nick Selko like the whole time in that stupid white truck. Mm. And we spent hours that night fucking around with Chris. There's a video on his Instagram somewhere of us just talking shit. And it was raining really bad. Um, Are you aware of what 40s meant to you? 40s in a bag. Is that like a drink? Right. So it's a 40-ounce beer. You know, like an old English 800, 40-ounce malt. Um, so 40s in a bag is a show where it's put on by this guy named Aaron and he does it like at his house. Like he, he bought a property that's got this giant field out front and then there's a road and another giant field. So the giant field in front of his house is a show field and then you camp across the street. Um, and so he's like, I don't want money. I don't want a mission. Show up with a 40 and you drink the 40 and you leave it in front of your favorite car. And whoever has the most 40s gets best in show. That's pretty Um, cool. It's a great concept. Unfortunately, there was an issue where someone drank their 40 and probably several other 40s and then got in their car and hit the town ambulance. Oh, so Jesus. He, uh, Aaron fought really, really hard with the town to say, like, hey, we're not all pieces of shit. Not to say that person's a piece of shit, but, like, we're, you know, we're trying to do something respectable here and we're not going to, we're sorry, you know, we'll do whatever. And was able to keep 40s going. Um, I only went the one time, but I'd like to go again um, because I think after this year, it's just pre-2K stuff, which uh, tends to eliminate a lot of the riffraff. Uh, the newer Volkswagen community isn't quite the same as the old one. Um, so it's a cool show. But So yeah, we spent we spent a whole night together hanging out, getting stuck in the mud. There's a, If you go on my Instagram, one of the very last videos is that white truck that Nick Selko has just mm-hmm. idling, spitting tires in the mud because it's so low that he can't get out. <laughs> and it was it was crazy. We had a good time. We made we made cheese stuffed hamburgers in the bed of his truck, and it was wow. fun. That was a good night, good weekend. Nice. So, nice. Chris, we're gonna have to go again sometime. I'd love to hang out with you. Yeah, man. He's he's such a nice guy. He really is. Um, he is. He, uh, last year he won um, 
at Madness, he won the best beater award for that black rabbit he has, and he fucking deserved it. That car is so cool. It's such a piece of shit. He loves it so much. <laughs> oh wow! I can't. Dive, I can't wait to dive into the story behind it as well. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Next question from Furby Dubs. Okay, I don't know Furby Dubs, but we follow each other. And we kind of touched on that very early on, didn't we? Right. So Are you still with me? I explained why I got into Volkswagens kind of by accident. So I'm going to turn this question into why I stayed with Volkswagens. Because I had the opportunity. Okay. I've owned other cars. I had an Audi. I had a Mercedes. I had some Chevys. Rabbit specific. I'm so enthralled with Rabbits. I could be into other things. I was into Mark IIs for a while. The Mark II community is so different. And like for that, I was chasing rare parts and I wanted to put a body kit on it and I wanted this rare grill and I wanted to make all this power and make something really cool and be cool. And with rabbits, like I want to make a car that excites me and I can drive it to go see my friends and like do Volkswagen shit, do what mm. it's meant to do. So I've, I've stayed into Volkswagens and I don't think I'll ever leave Volkswagens because like you said a million times generically, the community the rabbit community is spectacular. So many cool people. I've made so many friends. I've just gotten five questions, and I'm great friends with most of the people. It's it's exciting. The people are great. And there's so much you can do with these. I mm. even not leaving the stock option, you know, kind of deal. You can modify your car with parts from other rabbits that you could have bought new mm. extensively. You can do so much cool shit. You can mix and match things. The, the the cars are like Legos, like everyone says. You can put all these parts from Mark 3's fit, Mark 4's fit, Mark 2's fit. There's just so much you can do while still uh, respecting the car and keeping it in the same kind of vibe as to what it was. So mm. I, I love rabbits. I'll always love rabbits. I don't mm. think I'll ever leave because they're perfect. Absolutely. Uh, we've got another question here uh, from Krasi. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've said that right. Uh, he's in. Um, I forget if it's Spain or Portugal. Or sorry, if I. I think I've heard he's from Spain. Yeah, he says um, if you had to keep only one of your rabbits, which one would it be? And I'm guessing it's the mountain green one. Without a doubt. I mean, mm. I could never not own that car. I I trust it to daily drive it. I have daily driven it. It's fun. It's exciting. I'd probably lift it up a little bit and put different wheels on it if it was my only car because i don't want to fuck it up but mm. i'll have that car for the day i die if i have it my way and no my kids can't have it when they're older i don't do that that's my car they can build their own <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh we got uh, a last question here from tim tim brown oh, cool. who we mentioned earlier he says uh do you still have the blue rabbit with the melted steering wheel if so yes. how are you gonna fix it Good question, Tim. Thank you for this. So, my blue rabbit. So, I have a Lago Blue 1982-door fuel-injected deluxe. The melted steering wheel is cool. So, the deluxe wheels, particularly in the 1980s, got they were like a like a squishy rubber kind of deal. They're a little more comfortable than the... Like, the wheel in your truck is from a rabbit seat. It's, it's a little harder plastic kind of deal. Mm. The deluxe wheels are comfier. They're padded, or so they say. Um, but when they get hot, they soften up and my car sat in a field in north carolina for like 25 years in direct sun so just the metal frame of the inside of the wheel is left and the wheel itself had melted all over my carpet seats clamshell all of that 
it's gross. And I've seen it a couple of times that people look at that car in my yard because it's been sitting in my yard for five years. And they're like, what the fuck? What is that? I'm like, that's just what happens. It's gross. I kind of want to put the remnants of the original steering wheel back in and drive it just to see what it's like. But that <laughs> kind of jagged edge, it'll cut me up, whatever. Well, that's um, the same as uh, uh, Mike Reed. He said he's got the, the blue uh, steering wheel and he's hung it up. And it's like even hung up on his wall. I think it's in his garage or something. But he said it still melts when it gets really hot. It's still That's melts. wild. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So second part of the question, he said, how am I going to fix it? Yes. Um. So that car is... On the outside, it's almost entirely rust instead of paint. Uh, when I got it, like the bottom half of the passenger door and like the passenger quarter was no paint. It was just surface rust. Because I think it, I think it was resprayed poorly over the stock paint. But it's a, it's the a correct color. It's a good respray, but it's not a good, good color, not good quality. It's progressed to the entire passenger side of the car has no paint the roof has very little paint the trunk has very little paint it's patinaing interestingly uh i think it looks cool we'll see i'm gonna polish it and see what happens so i've had a plan for that car like i mentioned i bought all of the parts for it in like a two-week period when uh when color first started i got my tax return we were getting those uh stimulus checks i have a kid so i was like getting a bigger stimulus check and i was just throwing it at rabbit parts mm. um so the car was a 1.6 liter CIS fuel injection, four speed. Um, originally from North Carolina, my friend Fred, uh, Fred Nye's brought it and shipped it up to Connecticut, put it in his barn with a bunch of other Mark ones uh, and never touched it and sold it to me pretty cheap. And so it was in a barn on the top of the hill. His driveway is like, it's a hill up to his house and another hill up to the barn. And I parked my truck on the street with a trailer and we were going to load the car in the trailer so he pushed it out of the barn. I'm like, does it have brakes? He's like, I have no idea. And he pushed the brake pedal, and it was completely solid, no brakes. So he started going down the hill with the e-brake, pushed the brake pedal again, and just blew the brakes out. It has no brakes. So for me to be comfortable, I wanted to completely replace the whole braking system. Um, so I've got a new booster, new master cylinder, new lines, new calipers, new rotors, new wheel cylinders, new drums, new bearings, everything brand new. Uh, so I ordered the pre-bent stainless steel brake line kit from Mark One Auto House, who I dealt with before and I was a big fan of because they had a lot of really hard to find stuff. Mm. So this was COVID. So they're like, all right. They emailed me like, we've only got half of the lines in stock right now. So we're, we can send you what we have and send you the rest when we get it. Or we can send you what we have and refund half of your purchase price. Or we can just refund you. And it was like three or four hundred dollars. I'm like, that's fine. I don't think I'm gonna get to this car for a year. So go ahead and just send me what you have and send the rest when you get it. It was three years ago, two, two and a half years ago. Uh they never sent me more, and I believe they're currently out of business, which is unfortunate because they were a good company and they were the only people reproducing a lot of really unique little parts. They make the clips for the seat rails so the seats don't rattle. They made the hose between the turbo and the intake manifold on a turbo diesel. They made fuel lines for diesels, all sorts of stuff you just can't get anywhere else. Wow. Um, so I've had everything for that car since I bought it, but I've been waiting on these brake lines for years. And I messaged him finally, I'm like, hey, can I just get a refund? Because you haven't sent me anything. And uh, the person, Kit, who usually deals with people from Mark Auto House, 
was like, you want a refund? And I was like, yeah. And then they never responded to me again. Oh. I don't blame them. I don't think they're a shitty company. I think something's just happening. They've been talking about having supply line issues due to COVID for since it started. Um, I wish they would come out with a public statement, at least let people know that they're out of business because their website's still active. You can still order things. You can still pay for stuff mm. and your money goes. And if you don't pay with PayPal, you don't get the money back. So hopefully soon they, they will rectify this, either announce that they're out of business, take the website down, or maybe they can go back to doing what they did. Yeah. So and- I've, I've decided to just order a couple rolls of brake line, make my own. Fuck it. Um, but the vision for that car is full stock interior. I'd like to recover a set of Recaros in the the factory fabric of the the vinyl like blue interior, like Tim did with his truck, actually. Mm. And then I've been having a discussion about the engine because I have an engine for it that I mentioned earlier. So it's, it's a former mini stock racing engine. It's a, a Mark III ABA block, board thirty over with a TDI cranker, so I believe. High compression pistons. It's got a JH head from a GTI that's decked, so it's even higher compression, with the biggest cam you can purchase off the shelf uh, and a carburetor. So it's a pretty fucking rowdy engine. Like it, it should be a fun time. Yeah. But my friend David races mini stocks, and he blew up his engine, and he has to race in like a week and a half, and is desperately trying to get this engine for me. So he's been offering me like five engines and trade for it that are similar, just less powerful. So I'm probably going to do that. I could I could do a, a another 8-valve built engine. I could put a 16-valve in it. But I want to keep it old school. I've got the parts to make a really cool 8-valve. I've got a you know newel stock clogged buggy valve cover and a bunch of polished stuff and make it look really nice in there. Mm. I want the patina on the outside. I want a really nice shiny engine bay, a really nice stock interior. I've got a set of 13-inch wheels for it that are gold uh epsilon replicas kind of cool i don't know um so i like to say it's next on the block after the green car is done because the green car needs to be done by this fall but i also have another rabbit i have a i have an inca brown two-door 80 diesel deluxe that was my brother's car Uh, i bought it for him like five years ago for 200 bucks and just bought it from him for 800 bucks but you know um well, wow. that's like almost done. Like I need to do a little floor work and finish up making the engine run and it's like ready to go. So I might do that first, but Dude. the blue car, hopefully next year I'll be driving that, but I say that about everything and it's been years and years and years. So we'll see, but I could not have more than one project on a, at a time. Like my head would bleed. Like I, I just couldn't do what you do and have multiple things on the go. Like, I, can't either to be honest with you <laughs> I, my daily driver breaks all the time i gotta fix that my girlfriend's car i'm always fixing i gotta work in the house i'm trying to get the screen car nice i'm doing shit at work like i have so much going on right now that it doesn't make any sense mm. so my advice to people is keep one project car <laughs> well, i've that... had 25 cars and work on one at a time for five fucking years <laughs> that is actually uh stepping on the the last question that i've got for you mate and you know everybody knows it now uh the same question that i use to end the podcast with and that is like what is your advice for people um you know people like that are just fresh fresh into this we mentioned earlier how people you know often come into the scene and many people think oh they're just here to do this and then they're gonna fuck off again and 
but there's some people that are here to stay like myself like i've i've found i fell in love with these rabbits and and the community and the people most importantly the people uh but because it's a there's a beautiful bunch of guys and 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 people uh not you know so i i've fallen in love with this whole thing i'm here to stay and i just want to know what your advice is to someone who has got good intentions and they've just started in they've just getting they're just getting started with the community and and their own project let's say well i've got a i've got a couple pieces of advice uh like i just said don't buy too many cars i did that i never work on anything i've literally modified one car it's my green car i've had so many and i don't get to do much with them because i don't have space to sort of someone else's house i'm trying to get the green car done first and this doesn't take priority it just gets me a lot so if you are able to have your daily driver and then have one car that you focus on that's great that makes life so much easier you can enjoy it more you grow an attachment sometimes you know a lot of people are associated with a certain car that car might be your car if you just have the one that you can focus on um another piece of advice i tell people a lot uh i'm going to shout out cody price because i tell him this all the time and he never does it don't buy the first thing you find if you're looking for something it's hard maybe it's you're looking for a mark one and you cannot find one you're searching marketplace you don't have a lot of contacts in the community you know you're just getting what comes along just find one you the first one you find it's a pickup it's, it's five thousand dollars okay i don't know i'm just gonna buy it because i haven't found another one don't do that mm. sometimes i did that i found the first i bought the first mark one i found because it was exactly what i wanted i got really lucky a lot of people will buy the first mark one they find because they can't find another one or they think they won't find another one and it's a rot box it doesn't run it's way beyond mechanical ability they don't stick with it they sell it they lose interest they don't get another one they fall out of cars and that sucks mm. even if you're trying to find parts or something you don't have to settle this stuff is out there i find it all the time cody is notorious for he'll buy something he'll be looking for a certain kind of car he'll find something that kind of fits the bill he'll buy it and three weeks later he'll find exactly what he's looking for for half the price mm. I, I only mentioned him because it happens to him so much um but like it's okay to wait it can take you years wait buy what you need not what you find Ooh, um, that's a question the last piece of advice i have for a new person who's just getting in this community it's really beneficial to just sit back and watch and take in information and read people's posts maybe interact with people maybe you're able to do what i did and you go to shows and you buy parts from people and you make friendships and you learn from them that's really cool but too many people will say they'll buy a rabbit and then they'll think they're hot shit and they'll go in talking a bunch of shit and they'll post all the time and they're better than people and they know more than people it's so beneficial to you to just learn like what you're doing with the podcast is you're you're, you're finding people who know and you are learning and you're not interjecting yourself or speaking over them or or like it seems like you're almost afraid to tell your own stories which you should because your stories are good too you're you're a person <laughs> we want to hear your stories i appreciate um, that but but you're you're just sitting back and you're letting them give you this knowledge and you're absorbing it and you're sharing it with other new people who maybe don't know this stuff and that is the best thing you can do so mm. I, I advise anyone just just if you're getting into this and you don't know where to go Listen to this podcast. This podcast is a lot of information. Or, or join Burn the Mark Ones and just read for a while. Look yeah. up your questions. People have talked about everything already. 
find out what you need and don't go throwing yourself out there trying to be hot shit. Just absorb and mm. sit back and do your thing. And it'll it'll benefit you. You'll know so much more. Then when you do have a question someone hasn't talked about, you can go into it with information. You can say, I this is my problem. I've done this. I know this. I've already checked this out. I can't find any other information. Does anyone have anything? And someone will treat that question with respect because you took the time to to do the legwork and to uh, to kind of get to where someone can just give you an answer instead of them having to fucking guess at to what is going on. Mm, well said, man. Well said. That's some great advice. Great advice. Well, thank you. Dude, this is fun. This has been fun. And I'm sure you've still got loads of stories still to tell. And I'm sure before the year is out, you'll have some new stories. Hopefully, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, hope, hopefully you get to Madness okay and you get the green, uh, mountain green rabbit all sorted. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously going to stay glued to your Instagram and hopefully uh, you can update us within the chat and stuff. And that'd be great to, to know. And, uh, dude, yeah, just this has been really nice. Like, really, like, yeah. I've, I've, I agree. I've, I had a good time. I like talking about this shit. I can go yeah. on and on. I'm yeah. sure listening back, I will have just rambled this whole time. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really good. I really enjoy this, and uh, so many other people have said like, "Oh yeah, I really enjoy this." I really, you know, as as much as as long as this was like, I've really enjoyed that podcast, and or or someone said this, and and yeah, you're right. Like some people, um, you know, you mentioned about people listening to the podcast, um. I get messages all every now and then saying like, oh, do you know where I can get this from? Or do you know where I can get that from? And I'm like, listen to this episode. Or you need to speak to this guy. I just had this person on my podcast and they know X, Y, Z, whatever. You know? So, right. But dude, anyway, um, I will let you go. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with the phone because I can hear myself twice. It's really weird. There's like an <laughs> echo, but not oh, to I'll worry. Fine on my end. Not to worry. Uh, dude, thank you for taking the time out to do this. I really appreciate that. And there's something that I keep forgetting that people are actually taking the time out to, to spend and to tell their stories and stuff. So I appreciate you for putting some time aside and, and agreeing to do the podcast. This is like I said, this has been really nice and really fun to do, and uh, uh, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, man, I've had a good time. I'm I'm always happy to do stuff like this. I love talking about Volkswagens and sharing my stories and stuff, so I appreciate you having me on. No worries, man. Hopefully we'll get you on again. And, uh, dude, good luck with fixing the uh, – getting the, getting the mountain green ready, and, uh, you know, I hope you have a wonderful time at Madness, and uh, love to hear all about it. So keep me Absolutely. posted. Dude, all right. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care, won't you? You too, man. Well, there you go, guys. Another episode in the bank. That was Ethan Mueller telling his story. Uh, what a great, what a great dude. What a stand-up guy. Uh, you guys need to go into the show notes, click on his Instagram, and give him a follow. Send him some love. Sounds like such a dude. Like you know, I've got so much time for him. Very humble dude, and I appreciate him for coming on the show and uh, telling his story and thank you guys for listening to today's episode hopefully by now you have subs subscribed to the podcast you can do that by hitting the plus button 
or the follow button and also make sure you check out the youtube channel and subscribe to the channel there we've got multiple episodes there that you'll i'm sure you'll enjoy it's basically just me doing stuff to my truck and also showing other people with mark one so i'm sure you'll love if you like the podcast you'll love the youtube channel all the links to that will be in the show notes below including themonsterrabbit.com so if you do want to support the show you can go to themonsterrabbit.com and pick yourself some merch it will everything all the profits go towards me and my partner chloe going to madness in 2023 Oh, man, if we can make that happen, oh, you don't even know. Oh, it's going to be so good. So, yeah, please do uh, support the show any way you can, even if you just subscribe, leave comments and all the rest of it. Anything to help boost this to other people, to get other people involved in this beautiful community that we've got here. I really appreciate that. And thank you again for listening and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll see you in the next episode.